What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Season Gaming Bitcast. We are back. Episode 254. I am your host, Ainsley Bowden, and we're, we're mostly back. We're missing, uh, we're missing one today, which we'll talk about. But I am happy to be back talking video games with these two gentlemen you see before you. Mr. Hoglaw himself. How are we doing, brother? I'm doing okay. How are you doing, Ains? It's been a, it's very been a well. Yes, it's been three weeks since I've been on BitCast, which generally think I think is the longest I've ever taken off a of BitCast, which is kind of crazy. Um, just kind of worked out that way, but uh, lazy. You know, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, yeah, you know, it happens. <laughs> and of course, you know him well. He's the man in the tie, Mister Travis. Good morning, sir. McClunky. Good morning. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say something else, but you just you, you're I, good. I okay. Just okay, start the show, man. I'm ready. Let's yeah. do this. Yeah, fantastic. It's good to be back, chat. Good morning. Good afternoon. Uh, as you may notice, uh, Dan is not here this week. Uh, Agent Forty Eight is on a mission, top secret mission. We can't talk about, even though we just did. So keep that to yourself. Uh, he will hopefully be back next week. Keep him in your thoughts, prayers, whatever you like to do. Uh, hopefully, he makes it back alive. We shall see. Yeah. He's so. definitely hanging out with some people that he may assassinate. We don't know. The- <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Very true. Um, so we've got uh, we've got a lot to talk about today because we haven't talked in a while. Um, so we, we've kind of had to pick and choose topics here. But obviously, we're going to talk about what we're currently playing, including Final Fantasy 16 is is finally mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. I know we've got some thoughts on that. Uh, we had the huge uh, court case this week, FTC versus Microsoft, and how that's affecting the uh, acquisition of Activision Blizzard. So we'll be talking on that, of course. But we also want to talk about Starfield because uh, I haven't talked to these guys since the Xbox showcase in Starfield Direct, and I really want to talk about what was shown. And uh, Hogue, I know, uh, shared a lot of thoughts previously on Starfield when it was shown last year. So I want to see kind of where we are now after the Direct. <clears throat> and then, of course... Uh, we had Nintendo's Direct this week as well with a, a bunch of different games shown. So quite a few things to talk about. We'll be jumping around. But before we get to that, I did get a comment just yesterday from our good friend Don, who loves to leave comments for us to read off Don Lionheart for the chat. So he was talking about Yakuza because, as usual, with uh, you know the, the numbering and the naming and all the crazy stuff that goes on with that series, he said, he said, please read this off. He said, hi, friends. He goes, I've done this before, but let's see if it sticks this time. I don't know if that's a shot at us or not, Don, but we'll we'll, we'll move on. Um, he said, Yakuza Like a Dragon is Yakuza 7 in Japan. It's Like a Dragon 7 is what it's called. Like a Dragon Gaiden, the man who erased his name, is a side story, and it's supposedly set between 7 and the upcoming 8, Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. Uh, like a Dragon Infinite Wealth is Yakuza 8 slash Like a Dragon 8 in Japan. They are mainline games, which are the numbered ones in Japan, and will be turn-based JRPGs for now at least. It is unknown if Gaiden will become a regular name or side series at this time, but it does star Kiryu, while 8 stars Kiryu and Ichiban. I hope that clears things up again. Mm-hmm. Yep. Not at all. but As much know. as these things can be. <laughs> yeah i didn't really need clearing up but i will say the people who are in the yakuza franchise if you're buying the yakuza games you're already well beyond the point of a confusing title deterring you you know what i mean like <laughs> people who play the yakuza games they're they're in deep 
they're in deep enough to where they'll figure out the whole title thing. I don't think that uh, you need a, a numbered title in this series because it's such a specific niche in the U S market. That's, that's my feeling on it. It's like, it's almost like when we were talking about the, uh, the Dio field chronicles and those sorts of games that square Enix is selling. And we were like, yeah, those, the naming conventions kind of draw that audience because if you know, you know, type of thing, I think it's kind of the same with the triangle strategy. And yeah, yeah. It's like, they're all weirdly named and people who see them go, Oh yeah. Super hardcore JRPG. And that that's exactly what they're in for. So I feel like maybe it, I don't know if it's strategic, but I feel like it probably doesn't matter for that <laughs> specific series. So, no, I think it's probably I, right. I, I'm in it and I know what's up. Like as soon as I saw Ichiban on camera and called infinite wealth, I was like, great sequel to like a dragon. That's what I want. Yeah. And that's what we're getting. Yeah. How good was that trailer? By the way, it was awesome. It was great. I mean, it didn't have any gameplay, but it, no, I no. that gameplay is like, so yeah. yeah, but I mean, yeah, we, we know what that gameplay is, right? Uh, that, that's mm -hmm. they played into the comedy, which I loved. Um, so as always, we got a super chat before the show started from our good friend Googleman81. Five Euro Super Chat says the design of everyday things by Don Norman begins with the author explaining how he sometimes has trouble getting through doors. Mario likes shrooms. Fair. Figured that's how we start today. So all right. <laughs> Googleman, thank you as always. Appreciate you. Okay, guys. So what have you been playing? Because it has been a few weeks. I'm sure there's all kinds of different games out there being played. Uh, we've still got Zelda. We've still got Diablo. Uh, obviously, I've been also partaking in the new season of Halo. We've got Final Fantasy 16. So hit me. Where do you want to begin? Well, I was on vacation for a week. But I've been playing a bunch of um, Switch games. Because I was on vacation. So I've been enjoying a... Animal Crossing type game called Cozy Grove. That's nice. I'm familiar with. It's a great, great game. Which, okay. despite its title, is about helping the spirits yeah. of bears. Yeah. Helping the spirits of bears. Yes, like dead, the like dead spirits bears. of bears. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cocaine bear. Uh, no. You know, I haven't met up with a cocaine bear yet, but okay. All right. I can confirm. Didn't know how the game was rated. I can confirm there are no cocaine bears, but you do help the bears find out who they were in life um, and reconnect with that before carrying on into the afterlife. You're sort I've of, in a, you're sort of in a liminal state uh, in like a, uh, <laughs> in a, in a, uh, what do you, what do you call it? Um, what's the word for in between limbo limbo kind of. Yeah. That's not the word I was looking for, but that works. Yeah. Okay. You are a living right. spirit scout that is that is visiting a ghost bear island called Cozy right. Grove. That's right. Okay. Purgatory. Right. Thank you. Whew. Thank Purgatory. You, there that you go. Gonna, That's better. That was going to bother me. That was going to bother me all day. Uh, Shout out, Christy. Yeah, okay. I didn't expect to hear about that one today, but I like it. I like it. Yeah, I like one. that you explore games I haven't heard of. Well, it's got that Animal Crossing kind of cadence, right? So it's good for vacation. You can only play it for like 45 minutes or an hour. And then it's like, come back tomorrow. You have to play it daily. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. Gotcha. So I I watched my fiance play that game for maybe a year every single day. Is it a mobile game or a Switch game? What? Yes. It was on Xbox, Both. but it is on mobile as well. Okay. Yes. My daughter was playing it on her iPad and I was playing it on the Switch. Yeah. Nice. She played it on Xbox for a year. 
and I watched the entire thing. It's lovely. It's a lovely little game. It's a great game. It's a great game. Cool. Cool. So I've been playing that, and then I just got back to um, my, what, high-performance consoles, right? (laughs) Thank you, Federal Trade Commission. (laughs) Generation 9 consoles. I I downloaded uh, Final Fantasy 16. I had played the demo, which came out last week, and really enjoyed the demo. That was nice to feel because I didn't know about Final Fantasy 16. I think people have heard me talk about that a lot. Yeah. Um, Just got past the demo from playing it yesterday. I I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. It's it's an action combat game. Um, And so to me, it's really going to depend on how it does with its story. I like a lot of bits of its world building and storytelling from the demo. But Mm -hmm. that demo narratively is very propulsive and strong and it kind of stops right when the demo does. So we'll see where it goes. I haven't gotten far uh, enough to know. Okay. Yeah. So I had, uh, I posted about this as so well. I had the deluxe edition. I happened to get it for free, essentially a gift. And um, I didn't know if I wanted to keep it. And of course the guys at SG just said, play the demo because your progress carries. And then if you like the demo, you, you have a better idea. So I played the demo yesterday because um, I've been kind of behind on games and uh, I really enjoyed it. I'm like yeah. you. I didn't know what to expect, but I enjoyed it. A lot of cutscenes, of course, but most of it was kind of character and world building, which is fine. Um, and then, uh, so I opened it yesterday. I installed it, but I haven't started the core game yet. So, but I am hearing from the guys at SG that are playing it that are like 30, 40, 50 hours into it, because <laughs> it's a long game apparently, that um, there are parts that come up later that they really, really like. They feel are really, really strong. Um, so we'll see. I just got to find the time. It's another well, I mean, game. I think the demo establishes that they're willing to go really big. I think yeah. the, biggest, the biggest concern that I had with the demo, which I don't, is kind of bearing itself out, I don't know whether it will or not, is that rather than be inspired by Game of Thrones, they just kind of nakedly took components of Game of Thrones and put it in their story, um, right down to the sibling relationship with a ward from a defeated society, <clears throat> the Iron Islands just existing in Final <laughs> Fantasy. Um you finding a essentially a direwolf that you take up as your own um, pet, uh, and so there's there's a lot of aspects of it that I I worry are going to be more copying Game of Thrones than inspired by it. Uh, yeah. But we'll see long term. I really do like the world building of okay, what is the geopolitical situation if there are five nuclear weapons that are also controlled by specific people. And what are those people in society? And, and what is what is war look like when you can pop out a nuclear weapon whenever you want? And I, I like that. I, I think they're they're digging into that a little bit. I worry that it might be too superficial, but I haven't played enough to know. The game itself is swinging a sword. So, I mean, that's disappointing for people that like a more yeah. in-depth tactical kind of concept to what you're going to be doing in terms of battles. But... I mean, they told us that was that. I, I do think everything that we've seen from the directs and the the videos for the last year that were so defensive about, oh, no, we're a real RPG. And look, we, you can talk to people in towns and we've got party member sprites in the menu. I do think all of that defensiveness has been borne out as realistically, it's not an RPG like at all. It's an action adventure story of a game of a God of War variety. And... I don't know that it will have the kind of perspective complexity or storytelling complexity that I like from Final Fantasy, 
but they didn't have that in 15 either. They have not had a great run of doing that, honestly. I think well said, yeah. Um, it is definitely weird. As you said, we knew this was coming, right? They told it. They were been very clear about it, but it is weird going into combat that initiates like Final Fantasy and then just becomes a button masher, essentially. Um, it's it's, it's kind of strange. So I'll see where it takes me. I'll see how long I stay with it, but um, I'm pretty much in line with you. Good comments. Travis, you playing it at all? No interest? I, I can't remember. I like it. Yeah, I like Final Fantasy. I just don't know. Uh... I don't mind it necessarily trying some new stuff, which this game does. I will say I'm impressed how well they've made chocobos not look silly when they're ridden <laughs> by. I think that's kind of cool. You know, they're giving them like a more serious version and armor and stuff, which I think is kind yep. of funny. Um, like armored ostriches. Yeah. Yeah. So far, so good, though. Um, yeah. You know, I'm I'm still a kid in the game, so I've obviously not very far. But uh, yeah, it's. Uh, oh, you haven't gotten past the demo yet. I haven't gotten past the demo in the game. Yeah, I, I've been uh, working on reviews and other stuff. Sure, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's a, uh, it's so far so good. Excited to see more giant zombies and stuff. You know, I, I think the, I think the demo is super strong. Um, my my limited concern because I've only played about two more hours after that so far is that it does stop pretty hard where the demo stops and then. You're kind of like, okay, here's another arena where I beat up on somebody. It's like, okay, but we got to keep going. And yeah. I think that if there's any concern, it's that. I don't mind the world map. I don't mind it being essentially a Final Fantasy Tactics kind of approach to a world. But I do get concerned about, wow, there's a really harsh stop there. And I do, I do always worry if you didn't put all your great stuff or stuff that you felt really strongly about in that kind of sales pitch version of the game and now we're going to have a lot of downtime we'll see yeah i do think yeah. that reviews and commentary have borne out some of what i was concerned about with the reduction in rpg aspects and the lack of party members and things like that but i think more interestingly is that you go for this kind of four quadrant appeal and you've got an action game and you want to be on the on the front lines of what gaming is right now and being the, the god of war type category i do think you are getting certain responses from people online and from reviewers that don't know what they're looking at, right? Like it feels like a devil may cry. It looks like a God of war, whatever you want to call it. And then it's got 16 hours of cutscene between battles. And I think people are, <laughs> people are reacting to that one. It's like, well, it's either a final fantasy or it's not in terms of storytelling. And it seems to want to try to be that. I don't know whether it will turn out or not, but it's, it's got a lot of lore and background and world building that it's trying to do. And so it does have enormous cutscenes that I think are very well directed. I like how they look. I like the look yes. of the game. I like the lighting in particular from the demo areas, which is very kind of dark. They do a good kind of nighttime looking <clears throat> uh, approach to their, their video game. But I think it is turning certain people off, which are like, I don't, I don't want to hear Dante expound upon the natures of geopolitics for 16 hours. <laughs> There's yeah, a skip button for those people. Uh, I don't know what, at that point why you're playing a Final Fantasy game, but yeah, I mean, it's it's there for people who don't want it. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that annoyed me in the demo in that vein was like, you know, it'd be like 20 minutes of cutscene and then you walk 10 feet and then cutscene again. I'm like, why did you even make me walk 10 feet? That was a waste of time. 
um you know and it did that several times over the course of the demo so I'm, i am a little concerned you saying because obviously the demo ends on on something pretty stark um and and drastic which yeah you were fired point, up what, at the end of that demo that that title it, drop is good yeah it went further than i definitely thought it would uh which surprised me um and was darker than i thought it would be which i love um but it, hearing that the next couple hours in the main game kind of draw that to a halt and kind of start i guess fresh in terms of setting um yeah we'll see we'll see there's a slowness to the momentum that i didn't like but that <clears throat> first of all that's subjective second of all it's it doesn't mean that it's forever i have only played a, a small amount of time after the yeah demo ends. i would expect it to slow down after where the demo ends and then kind of yeah i mean it kind of has to right to but yeah, yeah. You can't so have i guess it just depends what that arc is agree agreed um midnight jury thank you for gifting a membership and a shout out to rick davis for becoming a new channel member as well thank you man appreciate you okay so guys i have been still addicted to diablo still playing that every day um so starting to run some late nightmare sigils and stuff with with friends and uh, been having a lot of fun with that um and then uh you know my, my stuff is pretty regular right halo season four came out this week um so new mode career progression battle pass all that jazz so been playing a lot of that really enjoying it um new playlists and stuff which are really fun kind of freshen up the game so um that's been fun but the game i most wanted to talk about is the finals so uh, i did a preview video of this this is um, a game from embark studio which was founded by the guy who founded dice and created battlefield uh nearly 20 years ago um the finals is this um shooter in the future which takes place like a game show essentially very very hectic has big destruction in its environment similar to as you would expect battlefield the old school battlefields but very kind of hyper paced and chaotic and uh when this trailer came out i think at the game awards maybe it was either game awards or summer game fest last year um it kind of blew a lot of shooter fans away saying oh god what is this you know it looks amazing and so i was ha um, very happy to be able to get into the closed test of that and uh i will reiterate that it is amazing it is fantastic i think it's you know needs some polish it needs some tightening up in areas controller support is not native right now so you're playing basically with a plugged in controller that functions like a mouse and keyboard uh so that you know made me shoot like crap but um <clears throat> other than that the the gameplay itself and the uh the polish first of all no slowdown even when buildings are blowing apart everything runs really smooth and then just the opportunity for like absolute chaotic madness to occur is amazing because there's all kinds of different gadgets there's all kinds of destructibility there's three teams on the map so it's three teams of three fighting each other so you have this mm -hmm. kind of tug of war going between the three teams it is really really impressive and i has said in my preview video that assuming they deliver all the stuff we've talked about live service before content delivery are they ready to hit the gate running you know all these things right assuming they can do that um they've got something really special here that is unique it stands alone um in the shooter space and i think this game is going to be very very big for some uh especially in the streaming space because like i said the opportunity for just like wow moments to happen in every match is very very high it's really cool it's one of the most exciting shooters i've played in years oh, that's good to hear I, I think i had seen some people talking out of school in the beta 
the, the yeah. name rings a bell. Yeah, yeah. So three teams of three, basically, the, the quick play mode. And there's ranked leagues. They've got a lot of stuff set up already. There's a battle pass in there already. There's cosmetics, all this stuff. Um, <clears throat> but basically what you do is you kind of race towards a, uh, a box that has money in it, right? And then you have to take that box to a place, insert it, and then defend it for a certain period of time. So it's almost like a king of the hill at that point. But like I said, what makes it interesting is uh, three teams of three. So you, you can each take it from each other. So you're constantly fighting back and forth for this money. Um, and then uh, the level design. So it's got a ton of verticality. You can go up on the roof. There's no fall damage. So like you can grapple hook all the way up on the roof and then come flying down. You can shoot rocket launchers, grenades, flamethrowers. Um, I mean, all kinds of stuff. C4, all these different gadgets, um, jump pads. So you've kind of got almost this Apex Legends type chaos in it where you know there's different abilities flying all over the place but then the destructibility so like you know they're they're trying to load the money onto a, a floating platform i just blew the whole platform up you know the whole thing just comes flying apart and people scatter all over the place and uh it's really really cool it's it's a ton of fun if you like that old school battlefield feel where it's like oh that guy's camping behind a wall well don't go in there just blow the whole building up that's pretty much how this game is and it's it's a ton of fun nice Lots of cool so, emergent shooters these days. Yeah, I see Carl in the chat mentioning X Defiant. So I played that too. Um, that is definitely aimed at Call of Duty. Um, I am not a fan. I, I played more of a battle bit, which is like basically Battlefield. I saw that too. Yeah, yeah I haven't played one, it. Yeah. I bought that one. That one, that one was fun. Okay. Um, but yeah, X Defiant is... Uh, some people are really, really liking it. Um, I did not like it at all. I installed it after about three, four matches. I was like, yeah, this is bland for me but you know to each their own i know some people are really liking it too battle bit you want to talk about that real quick so if people don't know what that is because it, it kind of took off on steam this week it did yeah got a lot of attention um it is a um intentionally low res shooter that i think it's 64 people in multiplayer it's one of those like extremely large yeah i was gonna uh, say i think it's even scale. bigger but yeah, so is it 64 v 64? I I thought I it was think it might be. I'll check. Cool. Um, but yeah, it was a. Uh, it it's basically a a callback to Battlefield, but you know, let's not care about graphics. Let's care about how it feels and plays, which is just fun. It's made by uh, three people. Yeah, it's made by a very small team, uh, and it's very smooth. It's it's cool. I played it for a little bit. Um, so yeah. That's uh, 254 players per server. Yeah, I feel like it's becoming more common now that people are able to kind of compete uh, without enormous budgets in the shooter space because the shooter used to be prohibitively expensive. And now you see uh, people making like a, what was the one with portals that was uh, split gate, split gate, which I, which I know yeah. kind of crashed and burned recently. But, um, you know, that was also a smaller studio. So it's kind of cool more than they could chew. Out. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah. Um, someone asked me what I didn't like about X Defiant. So X Defiant, um, for me, uh, very small arenas, very uh, spawn, run at the enemy, shoot, either win Hectic. or die, spawn again. It's Call of Duty, um, and some people love that. Call of Duty is the biggest, I mean, biggest shooter in the world. It's not like you know people don't like Call of Duty. So uh, you know, I get that people love that. It's just not for me. Um, it has some abilities you can you know throw in there per player, but it's very just run, aim, shoot, respawn, you know, get in, get out, 
your 10 second loop type thing. And that, that has never really impressed me too much. There's not enough, I guess, uh, it's not dynamic enough for me personally, where there's enough um, kind of variety in those engagements. I just, it, I don't enjoy it. But yeah. each are, like I said, plenty of shooters for everyone. Yeah. At some point, Call of Duty became really fixated on creating like chaotic maps that get you in the action as quickly as possible. And they're kind of Big like, time almost intentionally poorly designed maps where, you know, the, the goal is to just like create these big heat zones that everybody kind of yeah. rushes. Choke points. You have to go through each yeah. other quickly. Yeah. It's, and it's very, uh, off putting if you're used to like arena shooters where it has almost the opposite philosophy, but a lot yeah. of people really like that. Cause I think it does really well for casual play and also high skill play. And so it, it fills the people who just want to like mindlessly shoot. And then the people that are good enough to where they can run into those hot zones and still survive. So it kind of, it appeals to two really big groups of people. And then agree. Yeah. Everybody else well said. probably is I not think the, uh, the skill gap in those games is, is twitch shooting, right? Your ability mm -hmm. to, to, to react very quickly rather than strategic planning um, to the, to the same level anyway. So it's just different. It's fine. Yeah. Um, not my bag either. Say it again. Not my bag either. Uh, yeah, no, and that's, and that's fine. Um, well, the seasoning reduces the twitch timing. I mean, I used <laughs> true. To be <laughs> true, true. Um, so I know that uh, I don't know if any of you guys play it. I am not playing it, but I've heard uh, very good things about uh, the Mortal Kombat One stress test, which is going on this weekend. Um, and I know a lot of people are loving Street Fighter Six still too. I just haven't had time to get into as many games as I want to. But uh, it sounds like, as we've talked about, it's going to be a very, very good year for the the top fighters of the world as well. So we have yeah. we uh, Elu, who's in the chat, uh, our editor, is playing Mortal Kombat Big Fighter. He's already got an article ready to go for tomorrow. So uh, nice. sounding really good. Yeah, I'm waiting on Mortal Kombat, but I I did play Street Fighter Six a little bit. Uh, Mortal Mortal Kombat is like I don't want to be involved in the coverage for that because playing through those stories is like be careful that, choose that, your words that, wisely that, that's Travis time I, was gonna say, I think he's saying he likes that and he doesn't I, want to be reviewing it exactly I don't want to be involved okay. with that. Okay. I want to be able to play right. it at my pace and I'll just enjoy down. it and not have yeah. to worry about uh, coverage or writing a review or making a guide or anything and so I'm just going to hold off until that one's out and not I've already seen enough to know like I want to play it, and so I'm just going to wait. Um, that is yeah, a good call. You and I have talked about that, right? Because I love Mortal Kombat. Grew up with it. It's my favorite fighter. I, I did review Mortal Kombat 11, but your point is very valid. Like I, I do like what they've done with the story modes in those games, and I do like the crypt and unlocking all those things, right, when they did that in MK11 and some of the other games. And having to rush through that and cover it kind of detracts from the experience, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't want to do that. Um, so I've been sticking away from Mortal Kombat. But uh, yeah, I, the fighting game landscape. I mean, Mitchell's eaten. Mitchell Saltzman at IGN. He's just he's just having the time guy. of his life. Yeah, he right. covers all the fighting games for us, and he's like, uh, I think he's he competes in in like tournaments. So um, he's good. Yes, I've been yeah. watching him complain about there not being a training mode in the beta. That's <laughs> the test test. That's really tough uh, when you have to learn while you're playing in live matches against people it's kind of weird sorry if i was a bit loud i realized my mic was up um <clears throat> yeah elu uh who's typing right now on the sg side here uh like i said he covers almost all the fighting games for us because he's a diehard um 
But uh, yeah, we got to. We should get Elu and Mitch together. That'd be that'd be fun. Because Elu's frequently looking for competition. Say, every, time, luck, every time Mitch That's puts cool. up a puts up a video, it's like, nope. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mitchell is like he's insane. Like he he competes. It's, it's That's good. Nuts. I love that. I love hearing that. I, you know, I played Street Fighter Two. We're going back many years. Street Fighter Two and MK One and Two in tournament level. But you're talking 25 years ago, right? If I, yeah. I suck at those games now. As much as I love them, I'll probably be okay at MK One because I'll put some time into it, but not not to that level. Yeah. But what I love about fighting games, right? I am a competitive guy. I love that there's that skill gap. I love games with high skill gaps like that because it is cool when you see the people who dedicate themselves to it, and you can just watch them go nuts and do things that you know you couldn't pull off um like i talk about halo all the time halo uh, championship is coming back this weekend the next majors next weekend uh july 4th weekend and i can't wait because those guys are just ridiculous and watching them play just blows me away yeah good stuff i think that can be the fun of something like twitch is absolutely seeing, is seeing ridiculous talent yeah. yeah yeah a lot of those guys who just compete, not usually right the now. most popular people anymore it's interesting that's also true yeah depending on who they are yeah like some people have made a name for themselves right like shroud or other guys but for the most part the pros don't get they're not in the hot tub you know what i mean they're not in the hot tub with the they, bikini the on. they can't get the they can't get the, the viewership it could be you don't know <laughs> <laughs> oh man travis what are you it playing man me, play anything you good to, you guys need to watch players by the way just another reminder that you need to watch players. You did tell us about that. I completely yeah. forgot. Put it in our DM so I, I'll see it because otherwise I'll forget it. Yeah, again. yeah, it's it's uh -huh. too good. Um, I'm playing lots of stuff. I, I would like to start uh -huh. out the day with a recommendation for uh, Hogue. Actually, um, it is going to be on the Switch and on Steam. I reviewed it on the Steam Deck uh, and finished my review on Friday. My review will be live on Tuesday. Uh, it is a game called Dave the Diver. Um, and uh, this is a game where you play an obese scuba diver who also runs a sushi bar at night. And uh, if that doesn't sound like an amazing premise to you, you aren't a fun person. I don't want to hang out with you. Um, it, is, uh, it is a very weird uh, uh, indie game. And I will say I went in with almost no knowledge about what the game was going to be. Uh, my, I my review isn't out yet, and I am under embargo, so I can't really talk about it. But what I can tell you is that the first three chapters I can talk about because uh, it's been in early access for a while uh, and you can play the first three chapters. And the first three chapters give a very strong first impression and are uh, a lot of fun to, to sink your teeth into. And I believe it comes out next week uh, at some point fully, uh, all, all of the seven chapters in the game. So um, I won't say more than that. It's sort of one of those games you just have to ex uh, experience for yourself. Uh, Ain's probably not a game for you, but Hogue definitely one that you're going to want to play. So um, it's I will check that out. Absolutely. I saw yeah, the, uh, the Steam reviews are overwhelmingly positive. The Steam reviews are like 97 or 98 yeah. percent out of like tens of thousands. And that's just the first three chapters. So, um, yeah, I, I can't talk about beyond that, but I'll say that oh, so uh, the, full, the full game's not out yet. The full game's not out yet. It's an early access. And so I reviewed the full game. I've I've put 40 hours into the game at this point. Um and I'm I'm down now done playing it. Uh and uh yeah, it's uh that's all can I can say. Can you say, say when now. the embargo ends? The embargo ends on the twenty sixth. So I think my review goes live on Tuesday. 
Oh wait, tomorrow's the twenty sixth. Tomorrow's the so twenty sixth. I'll have to check that. It goes. It goes. Uh, my review goes live really quick. It's 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 done and just waiting to kind of hit the uh, the page. Okay. But um, awesome. Yeah, let me look. I, know, that I will up. absolutely is, check that out because in yeah. addition to Cozy Grove, I've been playing a game called Fall of Porcupine. Great which game. Is, which I'm is a two D uh, indie game in the uh, what is it called? Like. Uh, Night in the Woods or Night... I can't oh, remember okay. what that one was called. Yeah. Type yeah. style. Yeah, so you're a pigeon that is also a resident of medicine at the local hospital. I mean, naturally. You have to take care of various animal residents and discover secrets about the town at, at the same time. And it's designed to kind of almost like scrubs be about like young doctors finding their way through the medical system and the corporatization of insurance and all this kind of stuff while being a two-dimensional talking pigeon. Yep. Guys, you're just out there exploring games. Yeah. Oh, I mean, when you're at the lake house, right, you, you're, you're, you got the switch and there's a Nintendo direct, which we're going to talk about and you just go through and, and Nintendo has all sorts of weird indie games that you can just play. And so, yeah. I, I'm enjoying Fall of Porcupine. I got Cozy Grove. Something else okay. I got that is like a adventure game in the old kind of hero quest type of Ooh, okay. setting. But it's um, but those games are fun. So I will absolutely try something called Dave the Diver about a sushi <laughs> store. Hundred percent. says uh, Tao in the chat says uh, Bat Boy. That's him hooked. I haven't heard of that one. I have Bat not tried Boy? Bat Boy. Says, I don't know but I have, I think I have boy. seen that one. Okay. Hmm. I typed in Bat Boy and I immediately got Bat Boy the Musical, which I don't think he's recommending. <laughs> but now I want to see <laughs> Bat Boy. You the never musical. know. Maybe he's the yeah. old world it's, news. Like incidentally, cover. let's see Bat Boy the Musical. Uh, okay. Yeah, this looks like a Shovel Knight type game. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Let's have a look at. Um. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, so that that one I want to recommend. Um, other games I played uh, in the time since we last met, I think I reviewed a couple games. You so reviewed I, something I, bad because you told us you were back. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's right. I reviewed uh, a game called The Gray Hill Incident, or actually right. just The Gray Hill Incident. Um, it is one of those games. I guess the best way to describe this for people who don't have context, it used to there used to be a time where your lighting in your game was very much uh, indicative of how much of a budget you had. And so when people saw trailers, they could see uh, what the game looked like, and especially the lighting, I would say, was sort of a guide for like how AAA your game was. And um, therefore, you could kind of go in with certain expectations of what the game is. I remember now, thinking that about water. Yeah, water is, water is also another good uh, indicator. Uh, and sort of one of the problems or issues that has arisen with engines getting better is that that is no longer true at all, right? And so you can see a trailer for a game that has incredibly good lighting and assets and start to get hyped for it. And then when the game comes out, you find out that it's, uh, you know, basically just using standard assets from Unreal 5 and isn't much of a game at all. Uh, and I reviewed a, uh, a game called Grey Hill Incident that, the reason we reviewed it is because its trailer got 500,000 views um, on yeah. on the when IGN posted the trailer and so there were a lot there was a lot of uh, hype around it and comments about this game potentially being exciting and I reviewed it 
It they were is... like, Travis, this is getting a lot of hits and looks questionable. Where's Travis at? Correct. That was basically <laughs> the pitch to me. It was, hey, Travis, this game has a lot of interest. And uh, early, we did not get early copies. So there were already people who played it and their reactions was sort of like, this might be false advertising. I can indeed uh, confirm that that trailer was made up of one second clips. I don't think any clip in the entire trailer lasts more than two seconds. It just sort oh, of like they cut, really cut, chopped cuts. it up. They really yeah. chopped it up and put music into it. And so it looks like what could be feasibly a high budget uh, alien <laughs> invasion game. It is not that it is an extremely ill-conceived, poorly playing buggy nightmare of a game that I gave a three out of 10, uh, uh, which is awful for those who don't know IGN's ranking scale. Um, and yeah, you should not play that game. It is very bad. I, I spent too, way too many hours playing it for, to save you. So don't do it. But yeah, it was, it was interesting going from Diablo, uh, to that. And yeah, somebody's pointing out the choo choo Charles thing. I will say choo choo Charles got a lot of pushback. I think people were really attached to that project and the guy who was working on it and all that did not get so much pushback on Gray Hill incident. We're <laughs> actually none at all, if I'm being honest. And I gave it a worse score. So uh yeah, this was one of the very few games I reviewed and got pretty much no pushback on when I reviewed it poorly. I think the other one was Crossfire X. Actually, Nerf Legends also. So usually when I give a really low score, I don't get pushback unless you're postal four, uh, which is the worst of all of them. So did you see uh running with scissors, the developers of Postal Four? Did yeah. you see them? nitpicking starfield i'm like you guys have some balls man <laughs> i did not see that doing that but uh based on the based on the interactions i had with starfield after my review went live i would not be surprised at all by them uh acting poorly on you mean postal, you mean pistol four you said when well, starfield review went live i was like oh, oh, oh. you, you yeah okay. when, when my postal four when my postal four review went live uh, the running with scissors developers were interacting with me on social media in a, in what I would describe as a fairly toxic manner in now deleted tweets. Thankfully they, they did delete them later on, but uh, yeah. yeah and, and like people were calling them out, whoever runs that account and we're calling them out. Like really you're, you're, you guys are picking on Starfield with for like Hilarious. nitpicks and, and they were arguing with them and I'm like, you guys have lost the plot, I think. Okay. Got it. No, speaking um, of Starfield, we had the Xbox showcase that you were at, Ains. I was. And uh, we were already off the show by then, right before the Starfield Direct. Yeah, yeah. What did you like? What what, what showed best in the room at that show? Good segue. Good segue, Hogue. <laughs> um, so the, the nice thing was... Um, <clears throat> so you said so, good segue it was. Yeah, I know. I know. I just put it out there. Uh, it's an old long old joke from like five years ago in big cast before you guys were on um yeah it was a lot of fun so we were in the youtube theater which is a smaller theater than the microsoft theater in la uh but it has really really good sound and me and a bunch of the community including cog uh from iron lords and a bunch of other people were sitting together when we watched the show and it was a great experience a really great energetic vibe in there people excited hyped and uh, as you know, I think you guys discussed last week, which I did listen to, by the way. Um, I think we generally all agreed that it was a really good show overall uh, for Xbox. But um, I think what jumped out for me, a couple things. One, you know, they kick off with Fable. I thought that was really cool. 
Um, obviously, we have to see more of the gameplay and that, everything that goes along with it. But I like the vibe that they're putting off with Fable. And I think that's important to capture with Fable. So I really like that. Uh, the biggest one for me, and I think Cog too, because when, when we saw the logo come up, it we talked at dinner the night before. And we both agreed we want to see In Exile's game, the one they've been working on that Brian Fargo's been teasing. And when the logo came up, we literally like did like the uh, Predator like high five together, <laughs> like we got so excited. Mm -hmm. And so Clockwork Revolution uh, is one that I'm super excited for. I think that game's going to be really special. They have the amount of talent working on that game from a RPG Western RPG kind of development standpoint is impressive, and I think that game's going to be awesome. You so. weren't confused into thinking that was Bioshock Infinite. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really like the way you worded it on Twitter, where it's like, yeah, you can be inspired by or things can have similarities. It doesn't mean they stole, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Very stark I, I, anybody that watches that trailer goes, okay, that's a Bioshock vibe they're aimed at, but that doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it, to me, the vibe is extremely obvious in terms of the art style and what they're going for in terms of it being kind of like a almost kind of political look at a society <laughs> type of thing um, mm -hmm. was great. But I would say the premise and what they're going for was very different from anything that we've seen yeah. in the Bioshock ser series. And I'm very uh, optimistic about that game. Also, guys, anytime somebody does something that's kind of like Bioshock and you knock on it for that, you're just going to get fewer of those games. And we is that really the goal? Do we want <laughs> to deter people from making awesome story-based single-player games that evaluate... Yeah, if oh I'm, no, your game's going to be on, like Bioshock. Please, God forbid. Please, stop that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just funny, right? Because we're like not that far removed from, what was it called, Atomic Heart? That yes. is clearly a Bioshock game. I mean, like that is... Tried to be. As Bioshock as you that one. Yeah. yeah. And I think it was okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I didn't fair, get through it, so I guess I can't speak. But the first couple hours did not impress me. <laughs> I'm 100% yeah. with you. Yeah. I fell apart on that one. Um. But I think there were a lot of good things. I'll tell you one of the games I didn't expect to see. I don't know about you guys that I really impressed me with Capcom's game. And I'm going to Path of the Goddess, is it called? Mm. Um, very, very colorful trailer. They played the kind of drums through the whole thing. And then it switched to gameplay about halfway through the trailer. And it looked just stunning. Absolutely stunning. Um, I don't know if I'm going to like the game. I don't know if I'm going to like the the dynamics of the game. But in terms of just being impressed from a trailer, that one really hit it hard for me. So, yeah, didn't do much for me. Uh, okay. Yeah, just sort of was like, all right, I don't know what this is, but we'll see when it comes out. <laughs> so, um, what, it did what, look nice. one, what ones? Um, I know you guys touched on a little bit, but we haven't had a time to talk through and we don't want to spend, you know, forever on it. But what really jumped out to you outside of Starfield, which we'll get to? Anything really jump out to you um, from the uh, presentation? Um, I, I lost my mind at Star Wars Outlaws. When it was first yeah. revealed, because that was yeah, the looks really the good first thing that they they showed of that game. We knew they were, that uh, massive, massive was working on a on a, a yeah. open world Star Wars game, but I really did not expect it to be ready to show anything, especially as much as they showed they had the the uh, reveal trailer and then a gameplay immediately following that the next day, the which Ubisoft. I thought was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it looks really and good. That one, I lost my mind. I also screamed when I saw Ichiban. You know, that's yes, yes, that's my boy. You know, anytime he shows up, I'm gonna be stoked. Um, I really did love so that trailer. All, all, the, so cool. all the Persona news or Persona developer sequels, uh, for oh, Atlas. metaphor, metaphor, yeah. 
really i i mean i know that xbox has been partnering with them but they really really doubled down in a huge way also i believe i asked you guys some trivia about the persona that they're remastering at the trivia so as you guys know i really like the older persona games and it was cool to see that we're going to get uh that on xbox as well even tactics looks cool tactica looks amazing unfortunately i already know who's reviewing that game and it's not me uh but yeah Yeah. i was very excited i also immediately slapped my name on the payday 3 review i'm gonna try to get that one because payday dude i spent so much time in payday 2 like a disgusting amount of time so i'm really excited for payday 3 that that company's really been through the ringer if you don't know yes their publisher got like their their leadership got like sent to jail and stuff you know like a whole bunch of stuff happened at that company yeah not controversy like actual crimes yeah they committed (laughs) crimes at that company and that you know that's not a knock on the developer it was nothing that they did it was their you know executives who you know a lot of them are criminals that's just how being an executive works um and uh uh, they the fact that payday 3 is happening at all is kind of a miracle you know because i i after that company like starbreeze they like lost a bunch of their publishing deals they were supposed to publish psychonauts 2 and then they you know, were, were that's right yeah, yeah they were they were getting wow. into the publishing game and then and then all of a right. sudden all all their executives started going to jail and they were like we might not be a company <laughs> anymore uh and you know the fact that payday 3 is happening is is crazy so i, I was very excited to see the gameplay of that and a release date this year it's got coming out soon that was another thing like lots of games are coming out soon like i think outlaw outlaws is also coming out like soon there's just kind of some some surprises that we saw that are like yeah they're coming out this september this october well, uh, Outlaws is scheduled for 2024 i think that's always kind okay. of amorphous time yeah escape. yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, maybe, maybe i'm not right december yeah that was uh we got the avatar release date and then payday release date and it was just I, there were there were some surprises. I'm amazed things didn't leak. I I mean Xbox is like known so, for not being able to keep secrets, and a lot of those didn't didn't get leaked. Yeah. So I talked to some of the guys because I was uh, I hung out with Jazz and I hung out with Clover Yo and a bunch of big guys in the Xbox community while I was there, and we were talking about that. And basically, what I was told is that they stopped giving any rundowns to influencers. <laughs> so like they've literally shut it down to only internal xbox people now nice. and i was like well yeah why why weren't you doing that to begin with duh um yeah. so and i even spoke to my pr rep while there, super nice guy and uh we were joking just before the show like right as i was getting my media badge to go in we were joking about it and he's like he's like oh you guys think there's only going to be two things there because everyone was talking about fable and avowed which by the way avowed is another one i'm excited about avowed um, looks great but he's like he's like yeah it's gonna you guys are gonna have fun and i was like okay cool and yeah he was right so. i'd say about looked weird to me i was i was not I, I i was not as impressed i guess i had been told it was in the pillars of eternity universe i wasn't expecting it to be as piratey as it was um you know in terms, of the, in terms <laughs> of the announcements on the pirate scale my favorite pirate announcement on the xbox was the monkey island monkey CFD. island yes not oh my god pirate. I knew, uh, I knew what it was as soon as that trailer started and I was already losing well, they, my they mind. They started playing the, the, the music. island music. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah so um, so I was not as impressed by about. I tell you what I actually really liked from a couple of the shows is that I was surprised by what Don't Nod is working on. 
Like, don't yeah. nod, not my favorite developer ever, but they're working on a game in Banishers that I think looks cool. And then I think the Xbox show had something called, I'm going to get it wrong, but it's like Jusant. It's the it's the mountain climbing game. Oh, yeah, yeah. That one was cool. It's like the yeah, sci-fi one where you have a little pet, Ains, and you got a little pet following you around. It's got the weird kind of like, uh, what do you call it? The the art style that um, that other game had. I reviewed it. Witness. I mean, it's I don't know. It's co- it's colorful and blocky. Yeah. Hmm. I don't. I, Is I'm it cell shaded? Is it cell shaded? Okay. I I don't think it's cell shaded, but it's. I mean, it's got that color look. Yeah. Huh. Um, but I was really impressed by Don't Nod over the past week in a way that I wasn't expecting. So I think their games look yeah. cool. Their games okay. do look cool. Yeah, the thing that the thing that got me stoked for Avowed was that it was it was weird and looked it kind of reminded me of Morrowind. That's why I got excited about it. Actually, <laughs> like it started with you getting off a boat, which I was like, all right, you know, the I think that's where a lot of people were drawing the star the uh, pirate stuff. Uh, but then it they're also using like I don't even know like accordions. I I'm not yeah. I'm no expert on pirate music, but it had a pirate vibe. <laughs> yeah. And then they immediately transition to lots of really weird, colorful areas that don't really jive with a typical fantasy RPG setting, like just otherworldly, which is also kind of a Morrowind thing. So it just kind of reminded me of like older Western RPGs, which I would I have a positive association with. Uh, but yeah, yeah I, I, I yeah I 100% understand. Like I also was thinking in the back of my head. A lot of people aren't going to like this, but I do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I was like, oh, this isn't really like, but this, that's what that studio does, right? That's Obsidian's whole bag is they make games that are a little bit more niche, but they're super, super beloved by the people that play them. And, uh, yeah, that I, again, I super, super talented to your point, too. Like, so talented, talented that sort of stuff. Uh, yeah. I think, um, yeah, we, I had, we talked about this on Cast Call, but I, it felt, at least, uh, you know, kind of anecdotally as they wanted to, because, sorry, let me back up. When Avowed was first shown, all of us kind of said, oh, Obsidian Skyrim, right? That's all we've heard for like two years, Obsidian Skyrim. And it sounds like they wanted to kind of distinguish the game a little bit, maybe not directly from Skyrim, but just kind of put their own mark on it. And they've come out since the Xbox showcase and said that the game is in scope similar, more similar to something like Outer Worlds than it is Skyrim. That was their exact quote, which is fine. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, by the way, it is Jusant. I, I kind of went into the Xbox press thing while you guys were talking. So, uh, Makers of Life is Strange, Vampire, tell me why. Action puzzle game based on climbing. Narrative game told without spoken dialogue. Meditative journey. See you scaling an immeasurably tall tower covered with different biomes to explore, accompanied by the ballast, a mysterious companion made entirely of water. It's coming fall 2023, so fall this year. Assuming it, it stays, cool. of course. Yeah. Um, South of Midnight was Compulsion's game. Um, teaser for that, of course. Very unique looking. But uh, I, I thought it looked really cool. I, I've, I've never really lo- loved Compulsion's output. So okay, that to Which me one was this? Bit, uh, South, of, South, South of Midnight. Midnight. It's the oh yeah yeah the guitar on the dock. They're kind of hit or miss. Compulsion, obviously. I, they were a small. I think they were a smaller studio than people realize. Some people because I when really don't out, like We Happy Few. Yeah, and We I, Happy Few is not. I remember good, only but. kind of liking their Shadow game that was like a PlayStation Four launch title. 
Shadow game? Yeah, it was it was like in it was like about shadows. I can't remember. Yeah, I can't what remember it was. But Compulsion was only like before Xbox bought them. They were only, if I remember correctly, someone could. Oh, I know what game you're talking about. You're talking about the one where you're that girl and you. Sorry, uh, uh, I liked they, that game. They were only like thirty some people, so I, I I've always been curious to see because they create unique things. And I've been curious to see what they can do with kind of time and funding. So we'll see how South by South of Midnight, excuse me, uh, delivers. But yeah, we'll see. Hey, shout out to Hargeet. Good to see you, brother. Hargeet's one of the guys I hung out with in LA. Really nice dude. Um, hope you're doing well, man. Thank you for becoming a member. And then, of course, uh, for me, as you guys know, uh, Forza Motorsport coming out October. Yeah. Um, contrast says the chat. Oh, contrast. Thank, yeah, I you. That contrast. Okay, thank you. Contrast. Yeah, that game. That game's good. That, I like that game. Thank you guys. Um, but yeah, Forza was the other one. I'm super pumped out. I I posted on Twitter, but I got a chance to sit down with Chris Sasaki, the director of it um for over an hour like casually in the lobby of the hotel just had a drink and chatted about cars we reminisced about cars and racing for like 45 minutes it was amazing um and then uh he he told me a few things about the tech behind forza motorsport and what's gone into it over the past few years and it is impressive very very impressive so i think that game's going to be amazing for racing racing fans of course so i will very much play that game i'm very excited for it yeah, we're gonna we're gonna set up. We've already got a group in our Discord. We're gonna set up a league and kind of you know all kinds of maybe events and stuff. So it should be should be really fun. If you're looking to get into racing in Forza when it comes out, definitely check us out over there at SG. We'll we'll have some people who really want to take it on. So should be good. Um, Starfield. Let's talk about. It. Well, first let me get these Ooh. couple super chats that have been sitting. So bear with me because out poor Alex. He's reviewing uh, Final Fantasy 16 for us. He's five dollar super chat. He says twenty one hours into Final Fantasy 16, finally hit the page turner moment. Don't know what that is with the game after their deliberate story buildup. Wonky pacing aside, he's really liking it. So yeah, he's talking I mean, a lot about. He's it. saying he got to propulsion again. Twenty one yeah. hours in. God help me. I hope it isn't twenty one hours for me. But yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, sure enough, that it would not be a Final Fantasy game without bad pacing. So. I'm into it. <laughs> Honestly, God, I'm going to come after Travis at some point. <laughs> Alex, shout out to you, man. You're Thank gonna, you. You're going to come. Um, you're going to come after me after 20 hours of filler. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to talk a lot about the geopolitical situation between us for about yeah. 15 hours. <laughs> yeah. And then you're going to criticize me about my opinion. Then I'm going to look at my me. active lore journal about Travis. Um, and then to Texas Seeds 999 Super Chat. Cheers, boys. Thank you, brother. Good to see you. Hope you're doing well. Yeah, Seeds is awesome. Good dude. Check out his channel. I've said that before, but yeah, good dude. Thank you, guys. We also didn't talk about Remnant, too, which got its release date. I'm very Which comes out next month. Are you reviewing it? I am reviewing it. That was another one that got a got a release date announcement that was kind of very soon like it was june yeah early early fifth i think yes it's but it got, yeah the it got revealed a month before the game basically yes. comes out which yes. is crazy so and even even less time for me because i think i get it on like july 10th or something so fantastic um yeah beast mode by the way i was talking about compulsion size right with their earlier delivery they've grown to 80 to 100 people from 10 or 12 so like i said they were a really small studio that's i i like what they did with what they had so I believe We Happy Few was their second game. No, I, the only I other know. game I, I only know. Contrast. contrast. 
before yeah. it. So yeah. So if that's true. And We Happy Few was like it wasn't good. So don't let me lead you astray. But I did finish that game. It actually told a very good story, and you don't you don't recognize what that story is about early on. It really takes a yeah. direction that you don't expect. Um, and that's didn't... why after sorry after I finished that, I was just gonna say that like that's when I said okay, these guys have something. They just need time and funding to hopefully flesh it out. We'll see if they deliver. We Happy Few, I think, did a couple things wrong. One was <laughs> the type of game that it was didn't really match with the story that it told. People kind of, like, when you look at the story they told and the way that game's introduced, and then you think, oh, survival, like, stealth game where you're sneaking around a city, that's not really, those don't really gel together, but it was a cool experiment. And the other yeah. thing was, I think they discovered for everyone, and now I think this is just something that we know as an industry that early access and single player games don't really mix too well. Like early, early access and single player story based games that are that like dependent on story are kind of like peanut butter and garlic. Like it's just not, they, they kind of learn that for everybody. I think. <laughs> peanut butter and garlic. All right. Fair yeah. enough. It sounds bad to uh, me. I wouldn't eat that. Yeah, I'm sure someone in San Francisco or Brooklyn's eating it somewhere, you know. I mean, I've, I've eaten a peanut butter cheeseburger, which I never <laughs> thought I'd, you know, that was weird. I've heard that's good. People I know that, you know, it, it's one of those things where you eat it and you're like, okay, it's not as bad as I would have thought, but it's still not as good as a cheeseburger. A you cheeseburger. know what I mean? Like without the peanut butter, I would have <laughs> totally been okay with. Um, um, yeah. More super chat. Shout out, by the way, we're nearly at 400 combined viewing. Thank you guys. Awesome Sweet. to be back and hanging out with all of you. Uh, just a reminder, I think everyone knows this, but we we do simulcast across Season Gaming and Hogue Law, so if you can help us out on both, that's always appreciated. Geek, $5 Super Chat says, Hey guys, it was nice hanging out in LA. Certainly was, man. Great. Uh, looking forward to hearing Hogue talk about the FTC slash Microsoft here. We're getting to it. Curious as to whether this is normal. So we're, we'll get to that right after Starfield, actually. It's coming up. So um, thank you, Hargeet, for the Super Chat. appreciate you, brother uh starfield so i wanted to set this stage because when we talked about it last year uh hogue i distinctly recall you saying to some effect that uh you know you love sci-fi right this is like a passion of yours and you were super excited for the concept of starfield but what was shown last year seemed one it, it obviously needed more polish which we know right uh but it seemed rather in your words well i don't want to say in your words but you kind of alluded to it being kind of drab Right. It feel kind of everything was gray. It didn't feel, have that kind of um, living world sci fi vibe that you were hoping for. So we got yeah. this 45 minute direct. Uh, I will tell you being there in person with everyone and watching this 45 minute show kind of develop with the little humorous segments they had in there. Todd Howard was on stage, of course, was really great. And I think that for me, just to start at a high level, for me, I was very, very impressed at the scope of this game and in terms of not how large it is but rather how many different things you can do in it right so like if you want to approach it from just exploring just walking around flying the planets and walking around you can do that if you want to play it like a core uh mainline rpg story driven it seems like you could do that we don't know if it's going to be good we'll see uh if you want to oh be a pirate God. you can do that if you want space combat you can do that and i just think it's really cool that they've kind of seemingly blended all these different aspects of their games over the past 20 plus years, 30 plus years, whatever it's been into <laughs> this kind of sci-fi mix. What, what's, what's going on, Travis? 
Justin uh, Legary is in the Travis chat. Justin's in the chat. What's up, yeah. Justin? So, what's up, Justin? How you doing, buddy? <laughs> so, uh, what do you think, Hogue? Did it? Did this one hit for you better than last year? Did you? you yeah, I mean, I think I, I think this is the one. This is the one that'll that'll hype you up if you're so inclined to be hyped for Starfield. I certainly am. I do cool. give it the caveat that this is the pitch video, right? The pitch is strong, but yes. you can see how. Okay, it might not be as bespoke and handmade as is suggested by parts of the video. There might be other things that might not be as grandiose or as big as is suggested by the pitch. And I think we have to kind of reserve for that going into September. But I think that this video is about as strong a push for Starfield as you could make it. I'm looking forward to trying it out, and I hope it's as grand as they suggest. Yeah, for me... Uh, I was in between kind of, I think, the people who were presuming a lot of hype, which, Ains, I think I would put you in that category of people who are presuming hype just based yeah, on the fair. previous conversations we had. Yeah. And and Hogue on the opposite end, who was like kind of actively not hyped by what he'd seen so far. I was sort of in the middle because... Um, <laughs> Destin, <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> those who don't know what's happening right now, Destin Legary and I have been frenemies for a number of years. Uh, and uh, he is uh, he's a very well known uh, IGN director and uh, I guess now YouTuber, and uh, he hates me. Um, uh, yeah, with good so with Travis, pause, I Travis is actually departing, he has to go. Um, yeah, but Destin's gonna take his spot. It'll be this fun. Is gonna take my spot. I think Destin takes a lot of joy in knowing that he could have my job at any point. Like, <laughs> he does everything better than me, except for he's Canadian, so I feel like he loses a few points there. Um, yeah, so uh, I was sort of in between you two because I generally don't get hyped about games until I see them. Uh, because other times, uh, if you do, you you sometimes get Gotham knighted. Um, but I I feel like Bethesda has uh, a great um, track record and pedigree, and they're a team I generally trust. And so um, I I was sort of giving them the benefit of the doubt, which I think they've earned. I think it's kind of fair to give Bethesda the benefit of the doubt at this time. And I will say that they uh, very much uh, answered all the questions I had, right? Because I had concerns. Like when they said 1,000 uh, plus planets, my first thought was that doesn't sound good. That sounds like too many planets. That sounds like they're not going to be uh, yeah. fun to explore. Yeah. And then their answer of, okay, well, they're procedurally generated and then pre-constructed uh, kind of uh, points of interest get populated on the world as you explore it. That's what I needed to hear. Like it answered my question of like, okay, how how are you doing this logistically? Um, you know, all the RPG elements of like how much of a Bethesda RPG is this when you see the skill trees, when you see the buying, uh, having your own fleet of ships that you can fully mm -hmm. customize, when you see the uh, relationship and social links and yes, dating sim mm -hmm. mechanics, uh, mm -hmm. when you see... Uh, the space combat, which actually looked pretty beefy to me. It looked like you could really get in there. Pretty good. And the, the ability to board ships was not expecting that. Um, all that stuff, it was just like halfway through, I went from on the fence to, oh yeah, we excited now. And then I bought that damn controller because I'm a simp. Yeah, it's right um, behind me as you so, can see. So, yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, it's it's nice to have these release dates be like, okay, Thank you for the hype video game comes out in three months is much better than metroid prime four 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that that is Bethesda's move historically is they don't really show anything until they fully open the kimono and then just say we're coming out in three to six months. And so it was cool to see them stick with that. I just think that their studio can't hide anymore. I I mean, they had a November last year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think that as a studio, that was because of a delay, though, right? Like they I feel like they've had a bit of a, they always have delays, but they're usually better <laughs> about waiting until the very last minute until they have to show something like that's what they did with Fallout 4. They were just like, hey, here's everything about Fallout 4. And then it's coming out in a couple months. Um, and I think that's typically their move. It's just now they're so big. People are going to be talking about their game, whether they announce it or not, 10 years before that game comes out. People were talking about uh Elder Scrolls six at the FTC hearing this weekend, uh, you know what I mean? Or on Friday. Uh, so like stuff like that is just, it's just news now. And so I, I feel like that makes their games uh, to me, it takes away some of the magic. Like I don't want to hear about Skyrim or uh, uh, Elder Scrolls six uh, until they're ready to actually show me something substantial. But I feel like when you get as big as they are, you can't do that. You have to talk about your next game and you have to talk about it early which is why they've already announced that they're working on Elder Scrolls 6. Um, part of it is like strategic. People get hyped about games you're building who work in the industry and it's how you recruit. Like you have to kind of tell the world what you're working on so that people who want to build that game will want to work for you. Um, and then part of it is, you know, just it's it's kind of the the heavy part of the uh, heavy weighs the crown. Right? Uh, but anyway, that's, that's neither here nor there. I, I was super excited about Starfield and I, I am now... Very, very much looking forward to losing my entire life in that game. I have no idea how I'm going to play it. It's coming out at the worst possible time. I'm sure I'm going to be reviewing, reviewing eight games that month. Um, and one of them is not Starfield because my boss mm-hmm. is reviewing Starfield, Dan Stapleton, um, as he should, by the way. He's the guy you wanted that game. He's a sci-fi absolute nerd. He is a space combat absolute nerd. He is a Sweet. Bethesda RPG absolute nerd. He's the guy. Also, he's the, the best... Uh, critic i've ever i've ever seen in the industry so he's just the guy you want on that game um but yeah i, I have no idea i'm gonna play it but it's very very exciting stuff yeah it's it's funny september because um yeah, lies of p which i was really impressed with that demo too comes out in september and then they're showing one thing we didn't mention is the uh, phantom liberty expansion for cyberpunk as you guys know i really enjoy cyberpunk um so phantom liberty looks great and i did a preview of that but uh uh, when I was watching it, I was like, please don't say September. Please don't say September. And they're like, September 26th. And I'm like, oh, yeah. God, what are you doing to me? Like, I can't do this. <laughs> so, and I think I'm reviewing Starfield for us. So it's like, are you yeah. actually? Oh my yeah. God. Yeah, <laughs> Why so are you be, doing uh... that? <laughs> and uh, I, I, as you guys know, I play games slow to begin with like that. Like I, I'm very much like Elden Ring I reviewed. Right. And it was like, I put nearly a hundred hours just for the review for that game because I, I can't play them fast. You know what I mean? I'm not the person who can just beeline an RPG story. That's just not how I play games. So I have to kind of just not sleep for two weeks, you know, while we're going to do this review. So we'll see. But I, I I will say after the direct, Starfield I was hyped for, but not to your point, Travis. I was hyped for it, but it wasn't like my most anticipated game. Like I was like, okay, Diablo was easily my most anticipated game. Uh, now with Diablo out, Starfield, and after the direct, Starfield is far and away my most anticipated game i think that that's going to be a game that like a lot of their games are played for generations and um i just see myself see losing myself in that game no doubt yeah Yeah. no i think it was a very strong showing and i think september october is starting to look like may june this year is crazy 
It's ridiculous. This has to be. You, maybe we're about to you, say the same you, thing. Do you think you could win Game of the Year over Zelda? I think Zelda has it 95% probably in the bag, if you will. But I think that if Starfield actually delivers a polished, all-encompassing experience that we hope it will. I don't know if it will, obviously, that we hope it will. I think it has a chance. But Zelda is just Zelda. I mean. Well, I'm still concerned about Starfield's story. I mean, I know I'm, I'm not sure. supposed to be because Bethesda. But, like, you see an artifact and it speaks to your mind. It's like, okay, all right, we've been down this road. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they've I got know. the powerful MacGuffin that gives you powers. Uh, but I think MacGuffin. the, the, I think the uh, advantage here, Hogue, is that it's also up against a game with a pretty weak story. Like Zelda's never really been a story centered game, yeah, and I don't Zelda's think that's not why. selling you on story. I mean, Bethesda's selling you on an RPG experience, right? Yeah, I, I think, uh, I mean, is Tears of the Kingdom an RPG? Do you? Um, well, we can go down this road if we yeah. want to. I'm not going down yeah. a I had a very long about thread about what a JRPG yeah. is with various people at IGN, I yeah. think. But it, is Zelda an RPG? I think Zelda is an action adventure. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you there. I, I, I get muddled. I, I don't appreciate the definition of RPG or JRPG because I think they're way too amoebas to have any real value. But uh, I, I think that they both have the same weaknesses and the same strengths, which is that they're playgrounds that you want to play in and experiment with. And I think they both kind of have that inherent advantage. I'm getting an echo, by the way. I don't know where that's I, coming from. Um, I don't know. I, I think, you, but, I think you're right. And I think you're, but you're looking at that objectively. And I, I'm well, not even I mean, I know what Zelda is, right? I played Zelda. Zelda's amazing. I don't yeah. know what Starfield is yet. And so I look no, that, at what I can see from Starfield and say, there's still a world in which that pitch is not lying is accurate. But the planets feel empty and the bespoke elements feel yep. artificial. And I hope that's not the case. I'm excited about Starfield. But there's still a world in which that pitch is the Destiny pitch and then Destiny pops out. Correct. True. Yeah, and that's why I said it all depends on delivery, right? It depends on what this game actually delivers. But there also will be I, bugs. We don't know how bad sure, they will be. Yeah. Sure, but I think that I think you guys are maybe underselling or you're just not saying it that the the name zelda just brings a weight with it that starfield even being a todd howard bethesda game we've all waited for generations for zelda is just zelda and zelda has a, a kind of aura about it that i'm telling you i'll be shocked if Starfield. i, I think zelda bethesda rpgs do too i mean you're talking about they do but among a different once in a decade when was the last when did fallout 4 come out a while ago I keep it was a while ago. Exists. And De yeah, Destiny, I mean, by the way, said I think Zelda will win, but uh, holding on to hope for Starfield. That's pretty much what yeah, I, I think. I think like if you're a betting man, you bet on Zelda right now because Zelda. Starfield is not out. It's unproven. And you, we've seen Zelda and we know it's like a 10 out of 10 game. So yeah. I would also bet on uh, Zelda. But I think I think you, Ains, are underestimating the allure of a Todd Howard Bethesda RPG because I like every one of those hey, has been i chatted with todd howard in la mm -hmm. and by the way we chatted about delaware of all things which was amazing by the way because he used to go to the mall where i worked my first job and we had a i love that you there. spent a week in california and now you're just like a celebrity name dropping whore like i, I love that i, am. I love it <laughs> like, I you're, you just you just but, became californian wait wait when you meet todd howard you don't expect to talk to him about your job when you were 15 years old at chick-fil-a like you don't expect that's not where you expect the conversation to go, but that's the conversation we had. But anyway, I do agree with you that uh, that uh, 
what do you call it? Um, yeah, Starfield has that allure to it as well. You're right. You're right. But I think Zelda is the proven at this point. Starfield has to prove it. Um, and, and there's some people who, what is with these people that just have to assault Bethesda games? Like, if you don't like a Bethesda game, that's fine. But if you're denying their impact or the amount of people that play them and love them, you're just, you're fooling yourself. It's okay not to like them. A couple of weird comments in chat is what I'm referring to, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't get it. Like you see I this, just, like Starfield Direct like comes out. A lot of people are hyped, and people are like, "Oh, it's a Bethesda game. It'll be broken and zero out of ten. I don't know why people are hyped." And it's like, okay, sure. Because Skyrim put you in a world and had very exciting things for you to go and explore. And if that could be broadened out to something like Starfield, I think people can do that in their head and say that could be amazing. I agree. I think that's worth being excited about. Be excited about life, folks. It's it's exciting. So I have no problem with hype, but I don't think we can guarantee that it's game of the year type stuff until we actually see how it's operating. Agree. Agreed. By the way, Destin said, I stood next to Todd Howard and asked Phil Spencer about the production timing of the show because I'm a freaking moron. <laughs> yeah. I got He got a double, double name drop in there. And then he <laughs> offset it with some, uh, you know, kind of, self self uh hating language which is what you're supposed to do right when you name drop you have to like make it yeah you, you, you don't want it to it. sound like you're bragging too well, much so you have are to you name dropping that, that is false self-deprecation <laughs> i i i mean i'm not gonna look but i've you, met you also said look, he's I, i'm gonna i'm gonna name drop destin Gary. i've met the man a number of times freaking <laughs> moron is a great way to describe him but i i don't you know <laughs> man i've spent uh, a lot of time on video with travis and destin so I yeah, <laughs> you're really just getting hit from both sides. That's not a combo anybody wants. We had an entire show about where we were on it, and, and the show got canceled because the feedback was clear. Destin and Travis in the same show, that's too much of a bad thing. We need something to balance that out, please. Just a high level of smarm. So, yeah, high level of smarm, cheeky, cheeky Californians. So, yeah. Oh, too funny. But speaking of name dropping, you were at a certain preliminary injunction hearing this week, weren't you, Travis? You met some yeah, folks. I spent. I did. I did. <laughs> Actually, uh, Destin was the one who put me on that. He sent me all the times. So was like, you know, you should go to this. Um, so yeah, uh, that was a, a, a good time. Um, I did I go. Destin, people getting to learn about our wonderful judicial process. Yes. <laughs> so that's great. what I was going to say. Before we get into the details, yeah, Ho, can you set the stage as to what's actually occurring? Like, what? Like, is what are we even looking at? Why are we here? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I think that's important, right? So the FTC at the end of last year, I think a lot of people remember, moves to block the purchase of Activision Blizzard King by Microsoft, but doesn't move to block it with their actual blocking powers. The FTC, unlike the DOJ, has an internal system that allows them to ask their own judge what they think about blocking a deal. And then if the judge says no, they can just overrule them, which a lot of people have a problem with. There's a Supreme Court case that was recently decided about it. That's all to the side because the FTC doesn't have the power to block the deal themselves when Microsoft starts to make noises that they're just going to close the deal over this particular block. Then the FTC goes to a federal court and says, you have to stop them because they're going to try to close the deal. Federal court says, OK, and the statute, you can ask for a injunction. And so the FTC gas for a temporary restraining order, which is the easiest thing that they can get in between the time that it takes to actually evaluate the injunction. And then here in right now, this weekend, the last two days, and then the next three, I think, 
-hmm. They're having a hearing about whether a preliminary injunction should issue preventing Microsoft from closing the deal until they can actually have a formal federal trial over the matter. And so that's what everybody's talking about is should the court step in on a preliminary basis right now and prevent Microsoft from actually consummating their deal with Activision before they can decide whether there's an actual antitrust violation. So this is preliminary. That's what the preliminary and PI stands for. And, and this is all less evidence than you would need to actually win your case. But winning your case, if you're the FTC, is a part of the court's evaluation of whether or not to issue an injunction. Because as you can imagine, the court doesn't want to stop somebody from doing something that will ultimately be found to be legal. So one of the things they evaluate are the merits of the case. Is the FTC likely to win at the end of the day? And so that's why you see all these arguments in the last couple of days about what Sony is getting, what they aren't getting, what's exclusive, what's not, whether Microsoft lied about ZeniMax, et cetera. A whole bunch of things that I don't think are actually terribly salient to the point of whether or not this is an, a deal that is in violation of antitrust law, but that the FTC has decided to hang their hat on. And so that's yep. why you get a couple of days of seemingly random bits of news coming out <laughs> of the FTC's questioning and Phil and Pete Hines and Sarah Bond and Matt Booty and all these various people that have been interrogated by an FTC that seemingly doesn't even know exactly what it wants to focus its attacks on. Yeah, it is. It is a very interesting it, like it seems if I were an outsider and I didn't know what the trial was about and I was trying to guess based on the FTC's questioning, I would think that they were trying to block the Bethesda deal because they've spent so much time talking about the Bethesda deal, which is not what is up for debate at this point in time. Uh, they're sort of pointing to it as proof that like this is what Microsoft does when they acquire companies. They foreclose these games against their competitors because there's a lot of evidence to point to on you know them taking starfield exclusive them you know taking uh, basically that entire library of games exclusive because of emails where they said that they were going to do that um however the uh, argument that microsoft is making is that the bethesda acquisition the zenimax acquisition is not the same as the activision activision which they are saying is a mobile play it's not about getting exclusive titles they already did that with zenimax this is about them breaking into the mobile space then breaking up the duopoly i think there's a lot of merit to that i think the ftc has an extremely uphill battle for protecting the interests of the existing market leader sony which is the main kind of advocate for this deal not going through uh and for uh pr essentially what they'd be doing is is ensuring that the duopoly continues to exist on which I, I think it probably will anyway i think microsoft's aspirational goals are a little far-fetched in that that case but the way that they're pitching it to the ft or to the the judge is hey you know this is like this is this would help competition in the biggest part of gaming which is the right. mobile space in the fastest growing part of gaming so well and the ft is pursuing an odd path which is that they are going for market foreclosure of the console space Yes. that Microsoft's purchase of Activision will eliminate Sony PlayStation from the market. And yes. that is a fairly insane statement to make. Now, Sony <laughs> made it themselves in their own legal documents in December of this past year, which is why one of the really big kind of right. bombs in the hearings was that Jim Ryan, head of Sony, or for these purposes, had a PlayStation, right? SIE. It yeah. had an email that said, not only is this not an exclusivity play, but we'll be fine, which <laughs> right. any reasonable person following the industry knows, right? I have yeah. videos from the end of last year saying this is insane, Sony. I called it mm -hmm. Call of Duty. And with some of my most astute political 
and high-end observations, I put an emoji of a poop with the spelling <laughs> yeah. of duty, D-O-O-D-Y, right? I mean, yeah. that's, that's just great YouTubing right there. But it's true. <laughs> Sony comes out and says, without independent Activision, we'll cease to exist. And it's like, are you freaking kidding me? Um, yeah. And then you've got the president saying in an internal email that the FTC would have had before they brought their claims saying, no, we'll be fine. That's that's a problem for the federal. It is a problem. Not Sony. Sony going and then saying in a in a legal document that, oh, we'll die if this happens is more of a forward looking statement. People ask me if they could be like sued. It's like, no, not really. They're expected to advance their own interests and it's hyperbolic, but it's not really the kind of lie that we would expect legal liability to attach to. Yeah, it isn't a lie if it can't be proven to be false, right? It's, yeah, it's I mean, it's like, well, I think we'll be fine. And then later, I don't think we'll be fine. That happens to people. And it might Correct. seem unlikely. I think it is enormously unlikely, but it's hard to attach liability to that kind of thing. Yeah, it's very interesting um, stuff to me, because I'm super deep into the industry. And, uh, you know, there's been a lot of like, legal stuff where they're asking like very basic information because they're trying to explain to the judge in the court like exactly what these terms are and so, so some of that is just you're kind of waiting for that to get done so they can get to the meat of it but just hearing about how the industry works how xbox thinks of playstation as an aggressive competitor how starfield was possibly in another timeline going to be a playstation exclusive which was part of the reason xbox apparently went and bought zenimax we knew that uh, already but yeah, well, yeah. I mean, that just was rumored leaks. But I mean, I think the important yeah. thing about the legal process is that these things get reported on as fact, right? You know, Phil Spencer yes. confirms that kind of thing. And it's no, it's an adversarial process. You have to start examining things the way it's useful to someone. Microsoft wants to be seen as acquiring things defensively because that's useful in this context. So yep. all of their arguments are no, no, we bought Zenimax in response to our aggressive competitor. We bought Activision because their stock price dove and it was within our range. Right. It's all defensive. It's all opportunistic. It's not grand plans with with steepled fingers and mustache twirling. <laughs> and so yeah. I would be hesitant to have headlines that say Phil Spencer confirms it's Microsoft asserts this plausible version of reality that is, you know, happens to be useful to them from a rhetorical standpoint. Yep. Yeah, they're doing exactly what Sony's doing yep. by you know falling over and pretending to be dead we're hearing a lot of like the uh of xbox saying you know we're last on console we're last on pc we're last on mobile all this stuff which anybody who's looking at their business knows that they're doing great xbox is doing amazing i think but they're very much posturing it's kind of like watching a soccer match where soccer match where people are <laughs> flopping all over the place you're seeing both sides flop a lot and pretend yeah. like they're defenseless when they're actually both very strong corporations that have a lot of money and a lot of success in, in the market. Um, but they can't say that because they don't want to appear like they're they're. I call this a reverse puffer puffer fish. They want to appear yeah. smaller than they actually are and defenseless. Um, they do so. it that they do it that, yeah. but I mean, the FTC pursued an unusual course here for what we are seeing right now, which is that, I said this in a tweet. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Hoglaw if you're interested because I've been tweeting more <laughs> about this than doing videos because I'm not really making virtual legalities right now for reasons that relate to my rehabilitation and that I don't want to go into. But for the most part, the FTC has stood up and said all these markets are a problem when even the CMA in the United Kingdom and the European Union dropped consoles 
because it doesn't make any sense for Microsoft to purchase Activision and try to do something to the Sony PlayStation, who is this market leader and isn't going to die if they lose Call of Duty. And all that would happen is Microsoft would lose billions of dollars. And so everybody else dropped consoles. The FTC has wasted two days essentially fighting over consoles. And it's not a market I think they have any chance of winning. Yeah. They should have focused on cloud and speculating they should have focused there, on I think. Cloud because the European Union, even though they're allowing the deal, said that they found a potential problem with cloud. Now, I think that's silly, but you've got at least a a plausible argument that you can tell the judge, hey, other regulatory bodies found cloud to be an issue. You can't prove cloud is or isn't an issue. It's an issue with a nascent market. And right. so you go and you create doubt and you sow fog and cloudiness, no pun intended, in that particular topic. And then you see what happens. Console's a sure loser for them, I think. Yeah. I think I think this case is a loser for them. I think if they want to break up this deal it will have to be in a full court case after microsoft has uh, gone through with the deal and you know they're then they would have to do the whole breaking up the big tech afterwards uh which in my opinion is kind of how it's supposed to work right it's you're not supposed to uh, regulate speculatively you're supposed to regulate once monopolies are created and it's created uh bad landscapes for consumers so um i i think that's where this is going but what do I know? I'm just a guy wearing a suit, hanging out in the courtroom in San Francisco. I love that it's here, by the way. It's great <laughs> seeing the whole industry kind of come and hang out with us. And, you know, it's just, it's good. I don't know why it's happening here. I have Scoop no insight. Bagels for all. Scoop bagels for one and for all. Everyone's, <laughs> everyone gets part of a bagel. <laughs> so uh just to close out on this one um so i believe you were right hogue correct me if i'm wrong three more days right so monday through wednesday of this i think week. they said closing statements is thursday thursday okay um so what what would be the next step after this then because you know the, i would the expect will that the judge will deny the preliminary injunction a few right. days after that but it will be denied or granted that's what will happen next okay It'll be denied or granted, and then according to Microsoft, which this is probably a lie, another feint. Uh, again, uh, if, it's, if, it's if, useful yes. to say. It's useful to say. If if the uh, preliminary injunction is uh, granted and they are not allowed to close the deal, uh, then Microsoft says that they will not go through with the acquisition, which is probably not true. But they have to say it because they want to make it seem like this would completely ruin their whole business and their whole yes. deal. From a legal standpoint, yeah. what the court is evaluating and deciding to grant or deny the preliminary injunction is, will the FTC ultimately win the case? We talked about that. What are the markets that we're talking about? And what are the balance of the equities? What does that random legal jibber jabber mean? It means who's going to be harmed? Would it be fair for them to be harmed? Who's going to be helped? Would it be fair for them to be helped? So one of Microsoft's stances here is if you grant this, the whole deal dies. Every every benefit we've said is gone. All this money is wasted. Only the lawyers get paid. You should really think twice about doing this court. And the FTC says, well, you have to grant it because we can't unwind the deal easily after it happens, to which Microsoft responds, no, no, we silo our, our acquisition targets. You can unwind it whenever you want. You don't need a preliminary injunction to unwind this after the fact. So everything that both sides are saying is just, by happenstance, very useful to their rhetorical need sure. to either get or not get the preliminary injunction. So that's the only reason I would be cautious about just reading tweets or headlines about any of this stuff. 
is that it almost all lines up with what you would want if you're on one side or the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is what you'd expect. And I think it's drawn out some pretty interesting debate from the community. There's good points on both sides, uh, the way business models work, what, you know, Phil Spencer said on the stand was, uh, in regards to Final Fantasy 16, that they paid to keep it off of Xbox, not to make it exclusive to PlayStation, which is kind of interesting uh, rhetoric, but also hearing from the other sides of what things that the FTC are saying about Microsoft's vice grip on the PC market and other areas of tech that kind of give them a, a huge advantage here. Uh, and the fact that they're claiming that if they don't, uh, make money as a business, they won't get more money uh, on Xbox and then and then also have $70 billion that they're giving toward <laughs> Xbox and the community. It's just, it's very funny to hear kind of uh, some of the stuff here. I think they're, they're both making good points, but yeah, from a legal perspective, I think the law is very much on Microsoft's side and I would expect that to be the outcome, but we'll see. There's also a lot of politics at hand here, so there's no guarantee. <laughs> there's no guarantee that it doesn't just go the other way. We'll see. Oh, I never guarantee anything on a court decision. That is one person's mind. <laughs> yep. That's kind of funny. All right. Well, I appreciate the insight as always. We will see how the acquisition turns over the next few days. And uh, we can uh, provide another update next week. So we do have a couple super chats um, here to get to, including a couple back on Starfield. So let me back up to these. Uh, Michael Patton with the $5 Super Chat says, the problem is the FCC doesn't have a good model to argue over cloud because they clearly don't understand it. I don't know if that's true. I would give these regulatory bodies a little bit more um, credit than that. They do understand vertical monopolies. I'll tell you that much. And I think that's the question at hand here. The, the question is, does does the cloud market have a vertical monopoly or could it have one easily? And I think the answer is pretty obviously no. Okay. I mean, I don't think it's a separate market at all. I mean, part of the issue you've got with all these things is that these are different mechanisms for getting the same products and services. Yeah. It's a very easy conversation to have, uh, or very easy kind of, um, market to just mash into one and i think that's probably what microsoft's lawyers are going to try to do um but yeah it's a i could i could see it both ways i could see it being there there definitely is a case to be made that cloud is the future and that if microsoft is allowed to dominate that market it'll be bad for consumers but i don't think cloud is a mechanism of delivery right i mean mechanisms of delivery are not separate markets yeah, but it's a mechanism of delivery that has a lot of advantages over console if it works. There's just there's too many hurdles there, and and more importantly, the FTC hasn't even made those arguments. So it's no, they it's haven't gotten of... the cloud because they've been spending two days on console. Console, yeah. yeah. Michael, uh, he followed up. He said, right, they aren't separate, but the FTC thinks it is. Well, again, I characterize all this by what's useful, right? The FTC needs yeah. them to be separate. Yeah, if they're fair. one market, yeah, then 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 Microsoft's ability to dominate cloud doesn't help them at all in proving that they're a monopoly so i think they're going to try to prove that they're separate markets and that cloud is really dangerous and i think that's probably their strongest argument but they haven't even begun to make it and i I think it's probably a losing argument anyway because the market is so nascent and uh well understand they have to establish the market then they have to establish that microsoft can withhold things from that market then they have to establish that that matters a damn in that market, right? right? And what exactly. Microsoft has here is Call of Duty. And I would argue Twitch shooters are probably the least likely 
to affect the freaking cloud market. I, I know that FTC has gone out there and said, well, no, Twitch shooters would still be important. But it's like, no, everything that has that kind of speed is going to be the most problematic from a technological standpoint for controlling that market, period. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. I, I adjusted the, the way they shift up because of our new layout. It was looking really odd, so I just I switched it this way. Uh, thank you, Michael. Uh, Britt, 199 Super Chat. He says, Hope, you make the cloud cloudy? I did. No pun intended, but it did come out that way. <laughs> Britt, thank you for the Super Chat. Uh, I've got a couple uh, Starfield ones. So Gecko in the house. Gecko Gamer with the six-year Super Chat. Starfield looked and sounded like No Man's Sky, but with RPG elements. I don't know I mean, why this. I think that's a little reductive, but it, it definitely too. has No Man's Sky yes. in it. But No Man's Sky doesn't have story elements realistically at all. I mean, it has kind of a visual novel bit of telling you a little something, but a Bethesda RPG is wildly different in terms of scope there. It also doesn't have stuff like combat. Like No Man's Sky basically doesn't have it. It has like some very, very light combat, but that's not its focus. It's less of an RPG. Uh, by a lot actually basically you're you're kind of shoehorned into a role in no man's sky i think people say it because you can travel between planets and you have a laser gun to mine resources that's really where <laughs> the similarities I end. Think that is. Uh, yeah. well and you have the weird aliens that's true weird aliens procedurally generated weird planets aliens. i don't think there's a way to do procedurally generated planets or to do planets without procedural generation in some way though because it's just too much I was actually um, impressed. He said 10% of planets have life, which means, you know, theoretically 100 planets have life. I think that's so like even if you said, like, I only want to explore the ones with life, that's still a ridiculous amount. Um, the one thing I forgot to mention, which was kind of disappointing to me, I don't know about you guys, is no land vehicles. So you're always walking or jetpacking on the planet itself. Did they confirm yeah. no land vehicles? Yeah, Todd, they did. Interesting. Which is weird. That that seemed weird to me because I wanted to Mako around, you know, the best Mass Effect where you could drive the Mako. I wanted to Mako around on the planets. And, uh, you know, I love that you said the best Mass, Mass Effect and then the one where you drive the Mako, the worst <laughs> part of that game. I love that. I, I love how, how well you undermined your argument. That was amazing. That was kind of the point, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you, Gecko. It's always good to see you. Shu says. Two two euro super chat. Can't wait to build a shaped ship. It'll just uh, be hit one. Yeah. <laughs> Hitman. Uh send pictures whenever you do that. I'm very curious as to what you are visioning for a dan shaped ship. But I I yeah, we'll share that. This looks the like a cracker like. barrel location. It just flies around and <laughs> there you go. And Mr. Don Lionheart in the house. $10 Super Chat. Hi, Big Casters. Popping in to show some love. Also, did you read my comment on the last episode? I explained the Yakuza series titling. Again, should share here. Got to present accurate info. Yes, we did. You missed it, Don. We did right at the start of the show, actually. So thank you for that. I didn't miss it. Don't worry. But appreciate the Super Chat. Hope you are doing well, my friend. <laughs> Travis is hiding. It was discovered. All right. <laughs> So you, moving you on from solid exclamation point sound. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So Xbox Showcase, Starfield, FTC. Why don't we move over to some actual games? It's crazy, but let's do it. Uh, Nintendo Direct this week. So um, we had a 40-minute give or take Nintendo Direct with, uh, I got to completely be honest with you guys, and I've said this before, but, you know, the Switch doesn't get played much around my house. Uh, I very rarely break it out, uh, but with this Nintendo Direct, there were a couple things here that jumped out to me. Uh, 
which I did not expect. So the two biggest, which I think are probably pretty widely shared, but for me is one, the remake of Super Mario RPG, the Super Nintendo classic, which out of nowhere, out of nowhere, which was awesome to see because that game, I haven't touched that game in 20 plus years or however long it's been. Gino. Gino. I got to tell you, my daughter who, you know, obviously doesn't have the historical background of these games that we do says, I, I would rather play paper Mario. Yeah. That's, oh. that's her response is she really likes the cuteness of paper mario okay yeah. all right because i was okay. explaining to her, she's like well why how is that different from paper mario if it's if it's a mario rpg and i was like well it was the first one and it was done by square and all these various things yeah and and she's like but i like paper mario it would have been cuter if it was paper mario ignorance is bliss i mean no she's right it would have been cuter <laughs> cuter but it's cuter yeah, is a measurement for greatness in games <laughs> if you are hoag's daughter it certainly is. I have always felt that one of the main advantages I've had in life is that I'm not Hoag's daughter. I've always felt that. Yeah. <laughs> Even before I met Hoag, I just felt we, that. Just we can unpack that in many ways, but we're not going to do it on this show. Um, so yeah, I think that looks great. By the way, that comes out November 17th. Uh, but by far, honestly, guys, for me, the the biggest kind of thing that blew me away that I'm super excited about is Super Mario Wonder. Uh, the fact that we're getting a new yeah. 2D classic platforming Mario. We don't know the size and scope, but from what I've looked, you know, uh, what I've looked up the details about it as little as they've shared, uh, it does look to be a fully featured kind of, you know, Super Mario 2D game that comes out October 20th. But I am ridiculously excited for that. I adore classic 2D Mario. Super Mario World is an all time goat to me. Yes, that, that Alan Wake 2, Spider-Man 2, Super Mario Wonder Week is uh, an interesting one. Yes. I like that somebody in the comments wrote, Super Maria looks great. I like the Super idea. Maria. Super okay. Maria. Yeah, all right. Uh, I mean, Joe. you know, they've, they're trying to hit, you cover all the bases, I guess, nowadays yeah. in 2023. Cell phone right there. <laughs> Super Maria. <laughs> now, Wonder looks um, amazing. <laughs> Wonder looks amazing fantastic i love the art style i love some of the things they showed in the level design the variety i'm just this will be the it's the first switch game i'm like legitimately super hyped for it a long time for me which i love i love that other than tears of the kingdom which i know you were oh, super of course i mean that goes without saying come on tears of the kingdom's good admit it have you been playing more i was it? enjoying it i was enjoying yeah. it and then i got diablo to review and, and we know what happened diablo there. so yeah yeah i'm also still playing diablo I'm liking it Good game. But um, a lot of other good stuff here, too, guys. Obviously, the big ones I just noted here. So Sonic Superstars, another 2D kind of throwback to classic Sonic coming this fall. Uh, Pikmin 4 was a big one, obviously, for Nintendo and the Switch. Oh, that comes out I July love 21st. Pikmin. Pikmin. You really? I love Pikmin. Yeah, I love awesome. it. Oh. I love it. I played I'm, the I'm first one replay. on GameCube, and I haven't touched it since. Those were the days, bro. Yeah, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna replay one and two because they're yep. they're doing a, a dual pack uh, for that first, yes. and then and then the games, and then I think three is already on the Switch, yeah. so I'm gonna play all, I'm gonna play all three of those, and then Pikmin Four. Yeah, I love Pikmin. <clears throat> I love all games, guys. Games are great. What's not to like? Games are pretty incredible. Um, Mario Kart Eight, the next booster pass with new track and characters for that's coming this summer, and then they announced Mario and Rabbids, uh, the last Spark Hunter. Uh, it's is, a live is, service. is out now. It is a live service, no doubt. Uh, the last Spark Hunter expansion for uh, Spark of Hope is out now as well. Um, there are a bunch of other, you know, kind of little things. Uh, that's Anything the second else? to last. They're adding Raymond later. 
Oh, that's right. Good shout. Did you call him Raymond? I did. I didn't know he was Jewish. Raymond. Raymond. <laughs> I didn't realize he was part of the tribe. Hook. That's pretty good. It's like Googleman. Googleman. Raymond. Raymond hey, I'm I'm Raymond. How are you? I, welcome to my house. <laughs> you, you jump on you this platform. You jump on that platform. I'm every which way. <laughs> you have no body. You need to eat something. You're. <laughs> <laughs> Hogue, yeah. that's the most I've seen you laugh, or the hardest—I should say—the hardest I've seen you laugh in a long time. I love it. I love it. Oh man, Fish String <laughs> says everybody loves Raymond Legends. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's great. always jumping everywhere. Why? What's all the jumping? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! Was there? <laughs> what was your favorite stuff from this show besides uh this? Um, I mean, probably Wonder. I mean, I, I think okay. that was a super surprise, and I, I do think it has the same kind of caveat I have for the Starfield direct, which is that one of the things they really worked on showing in that trailer is how weird and wild it could be, and that might be it. What we saw in the trailer might be the only weird and wild things in the game. You don't know until you actually play it. I hope it's not. But yeah, if it, I mean, if you elephant and things get stretchy, okay. Yeah, it it feels like um, I don't know. Though, here's what I took from it: Nintendo at a direct presenting a new TD two D Mar. Excuse me. Um, feels like they wouldn't commit to this in the way they did if it wasn't. A fully featured 2D Mario is the is the theme I'm getting. I don't I don't think this is going to be lackluster. I agree. No, I'm 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 excited about it. I, Travis it's is still lawyer in me that can't help but say, "All right, it's still a trailer, folks." Sure, sure. And if you go to their site, like go to Nintendo directly and look at this, there is a misshaped JPEG, not a joke, on the page where it just takes you to the Nintendo store to pre-order it. There's nothing else. <laughs> there is no other information on the game. So, uh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be awesome. But that was a great Me direct. Too. I mean, I really enjoyed that Nintendo direct. I like the breadth of gaming opportunities that Nintendo continues to show, right? Regardless sure. of what the FTC says, Nintendo is out there doing all sorts of weird stuff. Not just first party, but third parties are also bringing in weird games. Big is time. It, am I excited Big about time. the Arkham trilogy? No, that's not what I play my that Switch That was crazy. For. That was the craziest but, announcement they did. <laughs> <laughs> Arkham Chili, Metal Gear Solid, Vampire yep. Survivors, um, Persona Tactica. Metal Gear Solid, I have a relationship with because it's like Konami just appears to be putting Metal Gears out there and being like, "Well, we need some money now." Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. Oh, the gaming industry makes a lot of money. Okay, <laughs> crazy. Let's, let's what, what IP everywhere. do we have? Well, we still yeah. have those Metal Gear games. Okay, put them back out. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah, no doubt. I uh, speaking of the FTC and the Nintendo Switch, I love that every single interaction was, yeah, but the Switch isn't really a ninth generation console, right? And then he was like, yeah, but they beat us like every month. <laughs> they beat both of us. <laughs> they sell more consoles than Sony. They sell more consoles than Xbox. I don't know what you want from me. It's worse tech, and they beat us yeah. with it. So yeah, Nintendo's so annual revenue in the gaming segment is like. It's just behind Xbox, and that's only because well, Xbox is, acquired Bethesda. Like this is why the FTC behind. is. That's why I'm characterizing it as wasting time, right? I mean, it's like yeah. they they 
try to pull Nintendo out of the market because Nintendo kills, <clears throat> kills their console argument because Microsoft turns around and says, really, you need Call of Duty to survive in the console space. Let's take a look, shall we? And they say, <laughs> look at Nintendo. So the FTC has to say, no, Nintendo is completely different. Say, well, you know, we have a lot of precedent in both law and regulation that says product differentiation doesn't a separate market make. A car can have a different engine. Uh, a fan can run at a different speed. That doesn't make it a different market. You're, you yeah. want to play a video game. You, you got the option of a Switch or an S or an X or a PlayStation 5. Those are all the same market. Target puts them in the same place. You're thinking about these things the same way. We're talking about them on the same podcast. That's mm -hmm. how these things work. Yeah. Um, and the FTC says, no, no, no. It's a lot less powerful. Great. <laughs> doesn't really matter, does it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I will say that the thing I was most excited about at that show was uh, Super Mario RPG. I have a very fond okay. memory of that. I think that game came out when I was very young. Or at the very oh, least, oh yeah, it that was, was Super Nintendo. Young. I mean, you're in it's yeah, weird. 95, 94, 95, 94. So I was like five or four years old, whatever. Um, yeah, that so that that uh that game was one of the first JRPGs I would have played then. That's SquareSoft at its most majestic. SquareSoft, absolutely. And I'm absolutely pissed that I don't have my copy anymore, and I sold it years ago. Yeah, um, uh, so I'm I'm very excited about 96. that. 96. 96. All right. So I was a little older. So yeah, maybe maybe not my first JRPG then. Uh um, a little older. Yeah. How old were you? Six. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little older. You guys don't get it though. You guys don't get it, okay? <laughs> when I was six years old, I had seen some things. I had played a lot of video games. Uh uh, you know, so that was not Travis was into Manhunter in ninety six. I don't know what to tell yeah. you. Yeah, my uh, my my first console was a Atari twenty six hundred. I I played the crap out of Atari in in the early nineties when I was very small. So, um, yeah, that was uh, that was good, a good time. Um, but yeah, I, I'm very excited about that game. As are many people at IGN. Yeah. A friend of mine at IGN who is uh, whose wife is giving birth uh, this weekend um, messaged me. I messaged him to see how things were going with the whole birthing process and he responded <laughs> to me and i quote screw the kid super mario rpg which i uh i think is you know that just speaks to the excitement around this particular yeah. title you can save that uh, for the bar mitzvah or whatever i'm definitely story. going to i'm definitely going to uh yeah that's a that's a great discord message to have in my uh my history um but yeah uh that's the one I'm, I'm most excited for. Although nice. Pikmin is a close second. I, I love yeah. Pikmin. I love Pikmin. That's cool. That's good. Yeah, man. Night so, Pikmin, uh... man. Night Pikmin. Get excited. <laughs> Dog with no nose. Just what we needed. With, uh, as you said, Alan Wake 2 and Super Mario Wonder and Spider-Man 2, this is one of those moments where, like, I, as big as Spider-Man 2 will be, and I know it's going to sell gangbusters, it's it's game I'm personally not interested in, which I'm thankful for because it means I can play Alan Wake Two and Super Mario Wonder, two very different games, uh, you know, in late <laughs> October, <laughs> uh, and kind of enjoy them without thinking, oh shit, I got to play Spider Man as well. So that's good. Yeah, no, I the September October lineup is uh, is but I as have good as May June. Forts is October too, so I'm screwed either way. So it's going to be a good one. Yeah, it's been a heck of yeah, a year it's... already. 
I, yeah. I, I, I know a lot of people are saying this now, but we, a few years ago, we had the debate on this show. It was probably before you both were on here uh, about it did 2017 finally top 2007 as the best year for games ever. And I think we, I, we decided at the cool. time, no. Uh, I think 2023 is. I, I don't know how this doesn't end up being the best game, best year for games ever. I think you've stuff. collected a lot of 2021 and 2022 games because of the yep. pandemic. So you exactly. sure have. Exactly. You sure have. Yeah, and it's created this ridiculous, ridiculous year for gaming, which is amazing. Um, let me catch up on a couple super chats. We got Don Liner now. Five dollar super chat. The best Mads effect. I'd like to see that game. Now I want to see Mads in a Mass Effect game. <laughs> Mad, <laughs> the best Mads Effect, the one where you can drive the Mako, you mean Andromeda, right? Don't get Hogue started, Don. Don't yeah. get him started. Yes, my favorite Hogue argument. Yeah. Uh, Andromeda is second, not first. There we go. Collapse from within this alliance of you. <laughs> yeah, this is a. <laughs> yeah, he's the he's the Russian military general. That's that's it's a strife. Oof, Mutiny. Oof. All right. Too close. Too close. Too close. Uh, <laughs> Don, thank you. Uh, Shush with the five dollars, five euro super chat. Best Mass Effect is the one that gets to be actually shipped. Duh. Because it's on disc. Or is it punned? Because or is he referring that station? the new Mass Effect? Who knows when it's actually going to ship and if it's actually going to be good? He's, it's like probably that, but I like our answers better. Yeah, fair. Yeah, it can go either direction. Shush, thank you very much. Uh, and then Gecko Gamer back again with the 11 euro super chat covering up Ho or Travis almost entirely. Quite a bit aside, recently the Uncharted roller coaster opened in Porta Ventura. Wait, opened in Porta Ventura, opened. Okay. Reception has been good besides the horrible opening day, six hour long line, and no AC. Oh boy. Um, I didn't even know there was an Uncharted roller coaster. Did we talk Tom about this? Tom Holland or someone else? I don't. <laughs> Travis is enjoying this way too much. Um, He's easily pleased. Yes. I didn't know that either. I'm not a big theme park guy. Too much levity. Okay. That's pretty cool. Do you actually like go off the track at one point and then magically just reappear back on it? Or yes, it's Uncharted. <laughs> no, for There's... actually for a while, you have to get off the, the, the ride and you have to uh, chain it to a tree and and uh get it up the up the mud you know you have to do that for you have 30 to climb minutes. down like the stanchions but they have little mm. yellow handkerchiefs no yeah. <laughs> there's a whole part where you're walking up the mud and you have to get your jeep to go you have to you yeah. know tie it to a tree and it's like 30 minutes it's like really slows down the pacing of the ride emerging but, gameplay man emerging yeah, gameplay. Immersive. i believe there's a tom holland animatronic how could you tell the difference Wall. <laughs> that's cool though gecko i was what not aware of that. that at what park is that he at? Said port aventura port aventura uh, gecko is in where do we say gecko is south africa i don't know why south yeah. africa in my head i don't think that's right uh, it's probably not oh it's in spain he just said so i spain. was not even close so i mean spain. they're basically the same country <laughs> Same history, Africa, oh, and it's South not country. It, it's not Port Aventura. He said South Africa. Okay, that is a country. I dare you. It's I not dare Port you, Aventura, sir. which would be in like Southern California. It's Port Aventura. Oh, I see. All right, Raymond. Ray <laughs> That's a perfectly I mean, valid way to pronounce that. It is a perfectly valid way to pronounce that that, sem that, that Semitic uh, cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> I like Raymond. 
I'm way too much fun. We're going off the rails here, quite literally, as we're talking about an Uncharted roller coaster. So it seems to fit, to be honest with you. Thank you, Gecko, for the super chat and the info. Appreciate you. All right, guys. Chat, you've been awesome today. We were nearly at 450 concurrent, which is great. Great to be back. Great to chat with everyone. Uh, Dan, I think, uh, assuming he survives his mission, uh, should be back next week. We will see. We'll keep you updated. And next week, um, we should have a guest as well, a guest that I am very excited to talk about, uh, talk oh. to, excuse me. Um, I've been speaking with him a while. It is a developer at Respawn who works on Apex Legends. And um, very knowledgeable guy, a lot of insight in a lot of aspects, obviously, of game development. So I think, uh, you know, assuming he can make it next week, that'll be a fantastic conversation and, and you know, some good insight into uh, development. He talks a lot, Travis, about uh, working from home. Um, and he is a proponent of it. Uh, but I'm very curious to hear his insight into such a topic and what it's actually like developing Apex Legends remotely and how that impacted the team and all those types of things. So it'd be good. Should be good. Yeah, excited for that. <clears throat> um, for us, um, right now uh, on Season Gaming, you can check out, like I said, I have a preview of the finals, that get the shooter I spoke about. You, you can see that up on the channel. Check that out if you'd like to. Uh, there is a new Invincible demo. I talked about that a little while ago, the Invincible, the status status law. Um, oh, yeah. Not based on the novel, the game based on the novel. There's a new demo up for that from a different section of the game that was provided to press. Is that like uh, the so second or third demo? It's the second one that I'm aware of. Um, so I'm going to uh, check that out this week and hopefully talk about that next week as well on the show. And then uh, I'm also writing an article on Xbox um, relating to some of the things they discussed off air in L.A. So there was a like 45 minute to an hour long discussion with Sarah Bond, Phil Spencer, Matt Booty and Todd Howard given to only press uh, that you could record, but you couldn't. It wasn't broadcast. So uh, some commentary around the industry and future things where microsoft is looking their game output right so uh writing an article about all that as well hopefully i'll have that up this week as well so uh travis what you want to shout out man yeah um i've got an upcoming preview about a massively multiplayer online game that i'm playing a ton of right now but can't really talk about what it is because uh, it's not an announced game yet um and then i've got uh, i think my next review might be a switch game and then after that probably remnant 2 so i've got some content going up there but uh, other than that, I'm just churning out the usual reviews and previews that you can expect from me. You can find that all on IGN.com. And um, aside from that, hoping to uh, finish Cyberpunk still <laughs> before the expansion comes how, out. How many that was hours another thing. You, but, how many hours do you have in it? Like legitimately? It, it's, a, it's a completionist playthrough. So I probably play Cyberpunk like one hour to 90 minutes per week. Okay. I got to tell so you, every you, Cyberpunk news item that comes out, <laughs> I want to play the version I have on my Xbox less because like even the stuff with, what is it called? Phantom Liberty. Yep. Yeah. They said that they've reworked all of the skill point trees. And that's like, what I was just going to say. Yeah. Is that the game's going to feel brand new in September again. So like, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, but I do want to beat the main story before that all comes out. So I'm not completely lost. Uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to do that. Damn it. I swear I am. Uh, that's like a, one of the ones I can't back down on. Um, I've also been enjoying uh, Elder Scrolls, by the way. Elder Scrolls Online came out with an expansion, Necrom, which is Necrom. Uh, yeah, pretty cool. So I've been I've been checking that out a little bit. Good game. So many good games, man. It's gonna There's be busy. Not enough time. I love you, guess though. Disclaimer: yeah, My brother works for Zenimax. Nice. You mean Xbox? Yeah. 
Well, I mean, Zenimax <laughs> Online Studios. Yeah. <laughs> um, by the way, one of the things that uh, I'm going to write about in my article that they spoke about, Matt Booty spoke about in that discussion, I think some sites, I think IGN might have posted it too, is uh, that because of Fallout 76, ESO, and the number of those kind of live service games, right, that Xbox has under its umbrella now, they have over 150 million monthly active users, MAUs, which, uh, you know, people, I, I see some people in the showcases ask, like, why are they showing Fallout 76 again? Why are they showing ESO? And it's like, I think you underestimate how many people play those damn games. Like, Fallout 76 have, rallied hardcore. I reviewed that game. I think I gave audiences. it like a five or a four. And uh, it's much bigger <clears throat> and much better now. It actually has NPCs and storylines and stuff it didn't have at all. Yeah. And, Gamer Microsoft has shown a general willingness to go save the floundering uh, live service game, which I think is nice. Yeah, I'm agreed. looking forward to it someday happening with Halo. Stop it. Damn you. No, he's right, though, because they do bail on some of their projects, uh, and some of them they, they stick with. Um, I'm, I'm wondering what the calculus is there for which ones they stick well, with. I mean, they don't bleeding right. Edge, you, 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 bleeding Edge, they, they killed off. Bleeding Edge canceled, but Sea of Thieves has done well, right? Uh, Halo is on a curve i'll say uh state of decay 2 they support they continue to support you know that's and i give place. halo crap but i want halo to succeed i want i want you guys uh, to love halo but well i mean they I do. do love it but uh that, that, trust me when i talk i got some more insight while out there and like it yeah people are like when are we gonna see campaign you know the next campaign and i'm telling like never don't don't hold your breath didn't they basically time. announce that campaign hadn't been worked on and then the, half the team got laid off? So I assume they never. didn't announce it's, it, but yeah. And then they just no, there's the literally content. nobody working on campaign. Right? Yeah, of course there's not. Yeah, I, I figured that was true. Yeah. So it's going to be a long time, which saddens me. But yeah, the point is made. Anyway, Hogue, anything you want to shout out, man? No, I think I said as part of this episode that I haven't been making legal videos because it's proven to be a little bit more difficult than I thought it would be in my recovery process. I want to get back to doing that. We have Lawyers and Dragons. We had a week off while I was away, but we come back with episode, I think it's four or five, this coming Saturday, and we're having a lot of fun playing Lawyers and Dragons. It's a really big season. We've got visual elements. We've got a lot more stuff coming. If you haven't checked it out, you should, because we're going to have a lot of fun. There might even be a face that you're familiar with in Lawyers and Dragons sometime soon. So hopefully... You guys can come over and check that out on Saturdays at 10 a.m. Eastern. But other than that, I'm hoping to get some virtual legalities up in the future. Obviously, this hearing stuff, I'm getting a lot of DMs on. I'm asking, I'm being sure. asked for a lot of comments on. Uh, and I feel bad about not being able to be more present in that discussion. So I'm trying <laughs> to get there. But it's, it's a process, folks. I am a go-getter. I am a, a guy that likes to get things done and, and, and proceed through this. And I'm, I'm working through rehab as fast as I can, but you know what I think I would be helpful. Anytime somebody asks for content, you could just show them, like send them a picture of like your brain scar. <laughs> I think that would probably be like, that's like the ultimate rebuttal, right? It's like, Hey, I'm a nice guy, Travis. I like to, I like to be friendly with folks. And I like that people <laughs> ask me my opinion on things. I don't want to be, I was not, not friendly. That's a perfectly valid answer to anything. <laughs> hey man, where's the content? Here's a picture of my brain scar. What do you think about this? That's what I'm, that's what I'm dealing it's, with. It's healing too nicely here. You can, you can barely see it. That is true. Yeah. Unless you look hard, it, it kind of blends in. Um, yeah. I will say though, I, I have to imagine Hogan, not to get too deep into it, but I have to imagine that's got to be frustrating, right? Like you, it is. you know what you're used to putting out and not being able to kind of do that as people are asking for, it's got to be frustrating. But well, I, I with Travis too, not... it's like, 
anyone asking you for content, you could be like, all right, calm down. Like, come Hugs on. Hugs used to put something. Well, I mean, <laughs> look, I can tell hey. people right now, we're not returning to 12 to 14 videos a week. Yeah. So, I mean, that's not happening, but I definitely want to be doing commentary on this. I And I'm behind on this story now, so that's also its own kind of roadblock. So I've been thinking about how to do like a roundup of, Here's what's happened since we last talked about Microsoft and, and the FTC, and now we can talk about what's happening today. But it's it's a trick, and I apologize for that. I would love to be doing more. You don't have anything to apologize for. It's the nature of me. I disagree. Yeah. Be built, be feel guilt. <laughs> <laughs> feel, feel. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I told you before, you're a machine, so that I, I hope no one is expecting that. So I'm sure some people are, but they shouldn't be. <laughs> so all right chat you've been awesome today great uh being back with you guys seriously i miss talking games with you guys i love it i have way too much fun um good laughs today hopefully dan will rejoin us hopefully we'll have the guests next week looking forward to it to get back in our regular routine here we'll be back next sunday as always if you enjoy the show you know the usual give us a like share it out on the channel share it out hit us up on the audio side we really really appreciate it until then we will see you next sunday peace